You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tony Dunn. And not to it, but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is up, Panther fans? It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. And it's the longest running Panthers podcast on the internet. And we're back. We're back celebrating our first win in since November of last year. And we're asking one central question. Can the Panthers turn a win into momentum? We got the Cardinals this week and we got a great show for you guys tonight. My name's Tony Dunn. Uh, you can call into the show at 252-228-5098. We've got Ed Smith Speaks from the Believe in Cardinals podcast, former NFL tight end from the Saints. Ugh, yuck, right? Uh, Ed Smith's been on the show several times, covers the Cardinals. He's been a great guest in the past. He's going to join us at 930. In hour number two, we got your cat calls. We've got prize picks. We've got the latest news when it comes to the Panthers, whether it be Davion Nixon being activated, questions by Joe Person about DJ Moore's um, ability to separate, and why, or one question for me is, I wrote it on a napkin, will this Panthers offense ever get in the gear this season? We'll talk a little bit about the game, breaking down the box, all of that with you guys, the greatest YouTube chat in all of the world. Cody Lashney is not here tonight. He will be back in full effect tomorrow or by Friday. But I want to go ahead and welcome in all the people as he does. Skunk Ape, Skunk Ape Mysteries, welcome. JD864, keep pounding. Five Beta, Hitez, Panthers are Kings, Cody C313, Dan Floyd. 
Uh, let me see if I'm missing Zach Simmons. He's really good at this. Slideshow, Slideshow Rob, AJ, Lindsay, 1216, AKA Drew, Joey the Blind Panther sees the truth, and Anthony Price up in the house making true money. All of these guys are ready to talk just like my co-host is CK. How you doing, my friend? Oh, you know, uh, what we say, we are living the dream. Um, I tell you what, Tuesdays feel just a little brighter after a win. Um, no matter what you think about this win, it's hard to to feel like there's some positivity to take from what we saw on Sunday. We're going to break it down. I think there's going to be some debates. There's going to be some conversations. We're also going to look ahead to this Arizona, Car- Arizona Cardinals team that is very hot and cold. Um, they can be incredible or they can be absolutely gar- garbage. Um, and we're going to see who we see this year or this week. Um, but uh, we've got, got a, a guest, I think, Tony, that uh, he has uh, lined up that's going to help us learn a little more about that. So I'm excited to get to that conversation underway. Ed Smith is a co-host of Easy Sports Talk Show along with Javon Adams, 1060 AM in Phoenix. And again, co-host or host and co-host. I guess you're always a co-host if you have another host of uh, Believe in Cardinals podcast. He'll be here at 930 to help us preview this Cardinals matchup and Phil figure out just exactly what we're facing and why this team uh, is hot and cold. Should we be worried? Is this a place we can catch momentum? I think it actually is, but I would not be uh, just writing off the Cardinals yet. If you haven't watched this team, Kyler Murray is still very, very good. And right now it's just about, can we take advantage of their defense, which isn't that great. Um, I asked people on Twitter, what should we talk about tonight? And we got so much to talk about, but I needed to know from the fans what they wanted to talk about. Here was a fun one. These E DZ skills, DZ ill skills said, I really like how we found our identity on offense with CMC having back-to-back hundred yard games. Now we have to fit that into our West coast offense. Can we talk about that? Plus our, def- our emerging defensive stars, we finally got a win for this bird app. Greg, we're removed from the game just a couple of days. CMC, been crushing it, but that's not surprising. The Panthers' offense continues to struggle. How are you doing? How are you feeling to have this win? I, I felt like a few days later I might feel differently than I did after the game. And after the game, I just for some reason wasn't insanely excited. But a few days later, I still for some reason am not. Like, I, I just... I saw a win, but I didn't see what I needed to see in a win to make me feel more confident about this team. And then we're going against a team this week that I have no idea how to read because on paper, they should be fantastic and they don't play like that majority of the time. But then when they do play like that, they're amazing, unstoppable. So I don't know what to expect from them. Um, Um, Well, I can tell you this, you can expect to be clipped just now because you put that pause between, I don't know how to read. And I was watching the film and so now people are just going to clip that and have you. On, <laughs> I don't know. How to I don't know film. how to read. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know how to read. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how or, to read. Yeah. Or I don't know how to read film. How about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So look, I mean, you're right. Is the Cardinals are kind of a conundrum. I think that's what Cardinals fans are probably feeling at this moment. I'm sure uh, Cliff Kingsbury is kind of feeling that. But I tell you this is they can't run the ball. They don't have a great offensive line and their defense isn't very good. So but Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown are very good. And so he can make stuff happen. I wouldn't write them off yet. This is a winnable game. 
They are actually road dogs, which I heard today. Cliff Kingsbury last is six and one as a road dog. So they do well when they're underdogs on the road, but they haven't done well against the Carolina Panthers in the past, or at least in the past couple of years. I'm sure that they won't be taking this game lightly as they remember us really kind of ruining their hot streak just two years ago. And that started this kind of cycle of them starting hot and finishing cold. We want to know what you talk, want to talk about. You can call into the Cat Calls line at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Be sure to smash the thumbs up button, um, subscribe, and consider becoming a C3 super fan, right? For a small contribution, monthly contribution, you get to get one of these cool uh, green tags with the loyalty badge and your access to these special emojis and occasionally or often to kind of impromptu special giveaways last week. Um, and I can't say giveaways this time. We friended um, a C3 super fan, a group of tickets. They didn't do anything to earn it. They didn't enter anything. It's just, we had two tickets that were donated to us and we said, Hey, let's give them to one of our super fans. We've given away some shirts, but just being a part of the conversation is what we want. Share the show, be a friend, tell, tell, tell a friend, and CK, you know what we need to tell them about? How the show is brought to you by Manscaped. There are partners, and Manscaped is, uh, I guess, the place to go if you're a man who wants to get scaped or to get groomed in a safe way. Manscaped brings you male grooming products, the best in around, the best in town. You can go to manscaped.com and use the promo code PANTHERS. That's promo code PANTHERS, and guess what you'll get? You'll get 20% off your order. You will get free shipping, right? And you will help this podcast continue to sustain some sponsors. And what it's done is gotten us cool stuff already. This has helped us do stuff like this. Oh. Hey. Oh. Oh, and if you can tell, my mic is fantastic sounding these days. And it's because we've been able to invest a little bit into the podcast and Manscaped supporting our sponsors is a way to do it. CK, I know you use these products. We yeah. say this, buy them for your grandpa because you don't want him to nick his balls. Right. I mean, listen, they already have thin blood. Uh, you're going to cause True. some issues. Uh, you know, they're on their own blood thinners. They're trying to do their best. And, and if they're nicking themselves when they're trying to take care of themselves below the waist, um, I, I don't know about you, but that's that's a that's a fear I don't want you to have to live with. That on top of the fact of, I mean, let's be real. These guys, if they end up going to the hospital, you want them to look good. Like, could you imagine being this guy who goes into the hospital like afraid of what these hot nurses are gonna? I mean, let's sponge be real bath, about it. sponge get, bath. They get, can't even find it. Yeah, get your get your grandfather, get your dad. I mean, hell. Uh, your son, if they're at that age. I mean, here's the thing. You could teach them how to shave. Like, I mean, yeah, not there, but weird. like, you know, you could teach them other things. And uh, so try to get Even that, weirder. Uh, right, right. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. And then, uh, yeah, go ahead. I would say this is continue. Look, help grandpa slay at the nursing home. Yeah. These oh, guys, yeah. these guys are still getting busy in their old age. And you want grandpa to slay at the nursing home not die because he nicked a little sack and bled out. That would be the worst way to go. And if you get manscaped, your grandpa's not going to die of a nicked sack. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I'm sure there's some disclaimer I probably should say. Uh, and this is my disclaimer. 20% off, free shipping, promo code PANTHERS. Support the podcast. Let's get into the show, guys, uh, and get rocking and rolling. Um, rocking and balling. Can Panthers turn a win or around or turn this win into momentum? We beat a division rival. If you're going to win a game, that's a good game to win, right? Is uh, look, we we lost some games. We don't really know about this team just yet. Like Greg said, he's not overly excited just yet, um, and neither is necessarily this team. Um, but they are happy that they won. Matt Rule kind of asked about the meaning of this team and the press conference after the game. And he said this, we're not a perfect team right now, so we're just going to try to get better and better at it. Trust me, I'm happy. I'm happy we won, and I'm happy for these guys. I hope you say, and I'm happy for these fans. Uh, I'm happy, but I'll say this, and many may say it sounds corny, but I get it, and I don't care. At the end of the day, the true victory is that they responded on Monday. They responded on Wednesday. You guys are in the locker room. Uh, I don't think you see a bunch of guys pounding around or whatever. They just keep fighting back. That's the thing that's really important to me. Kind of citing this team's resiliency in the face of this adversity. Um, You know what? I I think happy is the word. Right, It's just happy that we don't have to, at this point today, on Tuesday, after the 10th straight time, come back here and say, oh, the quarterback, the offensive line, it's time to fire Matt Rule, this and that. At least we can just look towards next week against the Cardinals, and all of a sudden you go two and two, and this team catches so momentum. How are you guys responding two days removed? I'll start with you, CK. You know, I'm, I'm I'm probably more optimistic than anybody else. I felt like I said on on Sunday, I feel as though all the issues are fixable. I don't feel like there's many that are overly concerning that, you know, and, and we talk about it from the first two weeks, right? The the thing that's different about this week is the the plays that went the opposite way in the first two weeks went our way this week, right? Uh this past week. So and that has a lot to do with the the defense. That has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the offensive line playing. Kadu making a decision to maybe not put the ball deep because of that secondary of the the Saints being so good. Um, like I mean, there might have been a plan that was involved that caused this to look like a lot worse game. Now that doesn't take away the fact that Baker looked like he couldn't throw the ball accurate to save his life. But there's also a lot of extenuating circumstances. You'll look at and and I'll encourage you guys to go check out Unnecessary and Bluntness. He put out a video, um, ex, you know, breaking down the film, showing Baker Mayfield was to blame for you know many of the things that we saw, but also you're going to see that many of the things that happened weren't on Baker entirely. Um, only, yeah, not only, right? And so and so and that's those things are like DJ Moore being 20th in the NFL for separation from. Uh, you know, uh, from his defenders, right? He's not doing good at getting that separation. That's something we talked about on Sunday. That's something I talked about saying that I wasn't seeing a lot of. Um, and it's something that now, if you look at it, th- these are all like the, the you know, personal PFF and, uh, you know, David Newton, um, not David Newton, um, Joe, Joe person. person wrote an article about this. Uh, and And so when you see that, 
Like it's it's hard. It's real easy to put everything on Baker because Baker's an easy target. He's the newest guy. We all love uh, what we see. We all love DJ Moore. Like we want him to be an elite receiver in this league. But the reality is, these guys were doing him no favors either. So this was a uh, a failure of our offense, as I mentioned on Sunday. That uh, that everybody is just you know, failing across the board. So it's not one person more than another person. It's an equal failure uh, across the board. And if you look at the film and you actually detail it and listen to people who know what they're talking about, you're going to see that exact same stuff too. I think there's two culprits here, and I don't think it really helps to find which one is more to blame. Right. Um, and I don't know, but, you know, I'm not even interested in the DJ stat at this point. What I'm interested in is this, is that... um Baker Mayfield has yet to complete over 50% of his passes um, as a Carolina Panther in a single game. He's yet to crest 200 yards passing. Um, He has not been a turnover machine, but like we asked this, why is it? Is it Baker? Is it something else? Um, And really, if you look at the the play calling that's been so far, um, it hasn't helped, right? Is that a lot of people have talked about the predictability of our play calling, um, there's been a lot, I think, too much put on Baker in a sense, like is that we have this running back who crushes it all the time, and I don't know if we've really featured him um, in a way. And it doesn't just mean more touches only, just in a more dynamic <clears throat> use of him. It just really, um, it, it it's to me, the two culprits are Ben McAdoo and Baker Mayfield's. You can assign assign which blame you want to. If you want to make one worse than the other, I right now is this, is I know Baker has not played well, Mm -hmm. and Ben McAdoo has not impressed me, and this was a guy that I was hoping that was really going to bring his experience to the table and really help us in these type of moments, game plan for other teams and exploit their weaknesses. He's not been able to do that. Good news, Greg. Great news here. For the first time ever doing this podcast, we have not said it's because of the offensive line. Mm. I truly believe this is I don't think the offensive line has played bad at all. I mean, I would I mean, I'm gonna say they've been flawless. Let's just say, I mean, look, they've made mistakes, but I kind of feel like the 2020 offensive line when they had Teddy Bridgewater, it's like, hey, that's not the worst offensive line I've seen as a Carolina Panther. This is definitely not the worst offensive line that I've seen in the last five years. And I would argue that they might be the best performing offensive line I've seen in years. Uh, there was actually a comment earlier in the chat room that I wanted to uh, highlight, but I forgot to do it as it was going by trying to keep up with them. Cody does this. I don't know how he does this. I know. Difficult. He just keeps a click. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, it said in the chat that on ESPN, there was a reporter who had us report as the number one offensive line performance for the week. Yeah. I saw so, that as well. Uh, you're right. We're not talking about the offensive line. It is crazy. And it's weird looking at this too, because I know that after the game, you have your emotions where you've seen the game, you've got the emotions running high, and you maybe haven't gone back and looked at all the details. And I think that maybe I still put a lot of this blame on Baker Mayfield because one, he's the quarterback, and two, he he does need to play better. But you're absolutely right. Going back and look at, being able to look at it and stop and pause and look at different details and not to be live following it. You can see that not everything's his fault. Like you said, he hasn't thrown over 50% completion percentage in his in any of his games, but I'm willing to bet if you go back and add all those drops and count his completions, he's over 50%. Well, the, the part you know, of it stuff that's like that. that so the, the only argument that I will say if I'm playing devil's advocate there is a lot of quarterbacks have better stat lines and they have equal amount of drops, right? 
Um, the problem is that Baker, when he was getting an open wide receiver, which again, he isn't getting a tremendous amount of help from his receiving core. That's just, that's facts. If you go and look at the, the actual, the, 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 the film and go watch unnecessary bluntness, watch his stuff. Um, there isn't, there is a real issue with our wide receivers not getting open. Now you can blame, I think you can blame that on McAdoo in his routes, right? Because we did the same thing to Joe, uh, Joe Brady. We said that his routes were too predictable and maybe that's the same thing we're experiencing right now. But when Baker Mayfield did have an open receiver, he was overthrowing them or underthrowing them. Sure. Um, and so that is where the criticism on Baker is real. Like that is a real criticism. And there's hope that he's been bad. Issue. He's yeah. been bad. There is no excusing it. Like while we could say he could have been better, had the play calling been better, right? Uh, we could, we have eased him into this a little bit differently. Sure. But at the end of the day, he's missing he, like passes. We would never give any pass to Cam Newton or to Teddy exactly. Bridgewater or to Sam Darnold for. Right. And I don't think we've given him a pass either. Let me be clear with that is like right now, we're just trying to bind our time with Baker before we turn on him. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I that's the case is that I don't think anybody has tried to say, oh, it's because of something. I don't think we've been excuse making for Baker just in a sense. More I might hoping be a that it bit. could turn around a little. I might have been making more excuses for him. And I, I, I admit to that because I wa- did the same thing for Sam Darnold and I did the same thing for Teddy Bridgewater. And I feel like it's only a fair shake to give uh, to give Baker Mayfield the same same value like people wanted to give to other pe- uh, the other quarterbacks that I wanted to give to everybody else. And I said three weeks in, I was going to make my determination right now. I think it's fair to say that Baker has not been uh, who he should be to be uh, a franchise quarterback. He has shown a lot of backup quarterback tendencies, yeah. right? Um, and that's irritating. Uh, but at the end of the day, Baker needs to be better. And we're still only three games in. So there's still plenty of opportunities for him to turn it around. We'll see how it goes. But even if he plays well next month or next week, the thing that's going to suck for Baker is it's going to be, all right, show me again next week, right? Mm-hmm. There's not going to be great job, but show me again next week. Right. And that's the thing that sucks when you have three inconsistent games, then and you have one good game, it doesn't erase it. And that's where you have to earn back. Oh, no, I don't think we're all of a sudden going to be like, oh, Baker's the answer. Uh, I do think this is I'm waiting for Baker to kind of pull out of the funk. Like, I just know he's not this bad or I or I think he's not this bad. How about that? I don't think it's to this level. I did see this crazy tweet from like one of the Baker uh, haters from um, Cleveland. And it was like a. Cleveland sports, whatever. So I don't know how legit this tweet, but they said this, this is how it goes. First, you start blaming the play calling. Next, you start blaming the receivers. Next, you start saying this and that, like uh, the the refs and this, and all of this to say Baker is not the problem. So, um, you know what? I just want, I, I do think Baker has the potential to have an explosive game. And I don't think he is 148. I don't think he's an under- 200 yard passing quarterback if he was under 50 percent in the league like we wouldn't have traded for him this is not i don't know he's playing below average for sure and you know i was just thinking about you ever heard that like you know when somebody's talking like a dog or a bear chasing you and like there's two people and it's like well i don't have to outrun the bear i just gotta outrun you right now baker's that you baker's that guy we just gotta outrun 
Yeah. You know, to let the bear get that. That's what we're using him for this year. He's just the guy that we've got to outrun. So, uh, yeah. Happy birthday. Shout out to KJ, KG seven threes. He said he's right about this. If there's a team you're going to uh, do it against, uh, you're going to do it against the Arizona Cardinals. And that's the truth. In fact, uh, Baker Mayfield's prize pick number continues to decline. Um, I've continued to pick them over or more than, and this this week I'm going to do it again. This is the week. This is the week we're going to get our prize picks right. Um, so if we went through, I just want to look at some of the things. Um, LaVisca Ch- Chenault brought a spark to this offense. Look at this yeah. stat right here. Is this not insane? Uh, he had two ca- – look. I wonder if we could do the, what's the math on this? 22 and 15 is 37. What's the math you're trying to do? 30. I'm trying to add up all the passing yards for all the other people. Uh, so 14 and 14 is 28. Uh, that would be 30, uh, 47, right? 41. Eight, no. What is this number? Somebody had 22. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at about 79 yards. So LaVisca Chenault had more yards than the in- receiving than the rest of the team. Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah, I could have told you that and up looking at it. It's, I it's, mean, yeah. that's in that's crazy town. Really? That's insanity. Um, so he did provide a spark. He had a big play and a big touch uh touchdown just on two receptions. Some people said DJ Moore, people said DJ Moore was the number one read on that touchdown. Uh, but really, I think instead of us focusing on this offense, I think it's time uh, to really talk about this defense and give them some credit. Um, I And I want to temper this. Look, I was kind of hard on them in the post-game show because I don't want to over-celebrate just okay. But they won this game for us. They scored uh, the offense, the really almost the only offensive touchdown until Chenault's big play. Um, they forced three straight three and out plays. Um, and you saw JC Horn, Derek Brown. Um, so Davion Nixon, why do they, why are they saying he got a, a, a promoted again when he played last week? I don't even know why that's a story mm. on the Panthers website. Frankie Louvu though. Frankie Louvu is the spark on this team right now. Um, so the Carolina Panthers defense was carrying it, but here's the thing is that the new Orleans saints, um, they had a lot of penalties that put them in some difficult places on their offense. They got behind early. Uh, they were unable to kind of funnel that game through um, Kamara. While I'm excited that this defense has gotten better from week to week to week, I am a little concerned about their inability to get after the quarterback just with the front foot. Yeah. Um, even that. with that said, though, is uh, this is a wild, wild stat here, is... Most pressures through week three, Brian Burns is second in the league with 17. Mm-hmm. But how many sacks does he have? One. That's that's the thing. And pressures are great. Like I said, that's what sucks about this is, is, is like, that's the next thing is, well, how many sacks does he have? It's like, well, if you try to look at it like that, then it's like taken away from the pressure. Pressures are huge. But it's just, I, how, would you, I would rather have... I mean, I guess if you get a sack, you're getting a pressure, a credit for a pressure too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So I guess I wouldn't. So, I mean, he like had a. Left. I mean, he's played. He's played well. He's been our best uh, defensive lineman for sure in, in this case. But actually, I want to give Derek Brown continued props. I have actually been a Derek Brown supporter 
uh, while most people kind of turned on him. Uh, he graded out really well two weeks in a row. Yep. J.C. Horn is definitely going to grade out well because he had a batted ball that led to an interception as well as an interception. J.C. Horn is one uh, is the second highest graded person in PFF this week. Nice. Wow. Wow. And you know what? Is Can't the eyeball test just tell us a lot about this? Is like they made big special plays. Well, that, made special the, the, plays. the problem is, is like from a cornerback perspective, is it's really hard to say that because if you're playing really well, then the quarterback isn't even throwing to you. Right. So like, it's similar to the Josh Norman effect in 2015 when Josh Norman, he wasn't getting many targets. The benefit to him is he was taking it, you know, he was getting interceptions when the targets were coming his way. So it was very, there was value there, but you know, for, for a guy, that's where PFF is, is advantageous is because like, for instance, uh, offensive, uh, you know, offensive tackle or something, right? Um, you know, well, if you can grade them based on their performance, because you're not going to get a stat on them outside of sacks allowed, maybe. Um, that's And that's still not a super fair, you know, uh, assertion to be able to grade their entire performance based on. Um, so I, I think that the PFF is, is, it allows for the things that are impossible for the eye test to really show you. Because if, if J.C. Horn isn't getting breakups and interceptions well you're not going to have an eye test because there's no camera shots of him breaking up passes and intercepting balls and all that stuff you're not going to see any camera angle of him outside of him locking a guy up maybe once or twice yeah again uh good news is that the carolina panthers offensive line has played better and better each week um a lot of cool things a lot of people are are surprisingly happy with pat pat f-line's play at center austin corbett Taylor Mo- Taylor Moten had a, ba- a bounce back week this week. Mm-hmm. So um, you see some of those grades on the offensive side of the ball, which is surprising given the fact that our offense has been so putrid. We want to hear your thoughts on not only the Carolina Panthers game this past week, but heading into the Arizona Cardinals. You can call in on the Cat Calls line. We'll be featuring those calls in hour number two. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to remind you to subscribe Smash the thumbs up button and get ready, folks. We got a great guest coming on right now. Ed Smith. Can you guys bring him in? Ed Smith from Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast. He is the co-host of Easy Sports Talk uh, show alongside of Javon Adams, 1060 AM in Phoenix. And he's been on this show several times. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Ed? Good to see you, gentlemen. It's almost like we're in the same division or something, man. Every year, <laughs> goes that way, I know. <laughs> we are playing each other a lot, it seems, and sort of at this kind of crux of the moment time in the season. Strangely, um, for teams in the or in the past, and I think for us this year again, uh, maybe two years ago, you guys came to town, kind of spoiled the hot start for the Cardinals, and then it kind of started this deterioration that we have seen as a pattern for the Arizona Cardinals where it's like a hot start and then a bad uh, back end of the season this year though, is a different story for the first time in a couple of years under Cliff Kingsbury. You guys are trying to figure out who you are, just like the Carolina Panthers are trying to figure out who we are. And this game means a lot. I think to both of us, what are, what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals this year? But, you know, it, it all kind of started with our offseason, you know, and almost immediately after the regular season or postseason wrapped up for us last year, we took that beating by the uh, Rams, uh, kind of moseying on into the sunset. 
And shortly after the uh, Pro Bowl, all of a sudden we got scrubbing of social medias and all this contract talk. It was such a messy offseason. And I know you guys know about this because all the things you guys had to deal with as well. But it just seemed like it never stopped. And then we get to training camp. And, you know, I, I don't want to be that old guy, get off my lawn, but. Oh, we lost him. Uh oh. Little freeze up. Little freeze up for Ed here. Mm. As Naps. old man. Up. Oh, he's breaking up. Oh, he's coming back. You're coming back. You're back. Kind of. Hey, why don't you uh, do us a yeah, favor I, and I just jump? Plug back in. There you go. <laughs> there so you go. Little... All right. Let's see if we got you back here. Is that yeah. good? We can mm-hmm. hear you. Let's see. You're the old man on our lawn. Get off our lawn. Okay, there we go. Right. Yeah. You, you know, the way go. they handled training camp this year. Yeah, the way we handled training camp this year with nobody participating at all, even though we had all these new pieces in here. We had uh, you know, D Hop is gonna be suspended for six games, first six games of the year. It wasn't important to get anybody on the field. And I think you're seeing the spoils of that now. You know, we look uh, just lethargic. Uh, our game plans are not great. We're uh, just trying to figure everything out. Our offensive line has had no opportunity to play together. Our defensive side of the ball, you know, the cornerback issues we've had, it has been just a mess of affairs leading to this point. And within the, in the first three games, our offense has not scored a point in the first quarter. Uh, defensively, we have a total of two uh, sacks on quarterbacks. So we're basically letting them sit back there and have all the time they want. And I'm telling you, I mean, we might be to get right for you guys this week. I know you won this past weekend, but we might make you guys look like superstars this week, the way we've been playing to start this season. It has not been a pretty picture out here in Arizona so far. I know it's uh, easy to get down on a team when you're so close to them and you're disappointed with expectations. Uh, we've kind of experienced that through our first yep. uh, beginning of the uh, you know beginning of the season, but you know we try to remind ourselves it's early, right? You're we were zero and two, we're getting one and one. Yeah. Maybe we can get the two and two. I went and watched the Cardinals game um, this past week against the Rams, against the tough team, and this is what my assessment. And you tell me where I'm right or wrong, or uh, what you see about it is that I. I understand the national narrative that the Cardinals are lost right now is that that's what everybody's saying is that it's a mess uh, from the offense to the defense to everything right now. But I watched the game right there where I've seen, and actually the week before Kyler Murray doing his crazy magic, running around, doing his thing. Uh, Kyler Murray was on point. I felt like a lot in that game last week and he was not aided by a couple of things. Number one, like you said, a kind of a, Horse offensive line, an incredible lack of a running game. Zero, zero running game from the Cardinals. And I don't know if that's a one-game special or if that – it seemed like it looked like it would probably be the norm. There were drop balls. There were things like that. But then you flip to the other side of the ball. You're so thin in the secondary and at linebacker. Your linebackers look like little baby giraffes running out there. <laughs> and the defensive – like, so the defense has nothing – it almost seems like it's Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown go and make magic, and that's it. 
Well, you got to see the best of so far this year in Kyler and Marquise Brown. Okay. I, I refuse to call him Hollywood. Mama name him Marquise. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have Mama name him Marquise. I'm going to call him Marquise. But no, I'm just joking. This is from a movie. But um, yeah, you saw the best of them this past week. They have not looked that good in the first two games. You got to remember in the Raiders game, we were down 0 20 going into the third quarter. And I have no idea what the Raiders did to take their foot off the pedal and become lethargic on their side and then allowed Kyler to get into that mode where once, you know, he sped up a little bit, they started picking up the pace of the game. And then he made some magical plays. And I've never said that he, you know, I've always said that he is one of the most special and gifted young man at that quarterback position. One, you can't always rely on that, but you know, he, he picks his spots and you know, he's not like even this past game, he, Going into the third quarter, I think it was, he had zero rushing attempts. And I don't know that whether that's by choice or maybe he just doesn't want to get hit. Whatever it is, that's a portion of his game he's got to have in the tool bag every time he steps on the field. And I'm saying use it wisely. He's a small guy. He doesn't want to be out there in harm's way. But you got to utilize that part of your game. It's almost like he's reluctant to do that at this point. That's going to make him more of an average quarterback. As far as our running game, you've hit that right on the head. I've been screaming from day one. One thing we got to get Kyler Murray under center more to make our running game more effective. Connor is a downhill dude. He's not one of those dudes that's great in the, uh, the, the read option thing where he doesn't get started until Kyler either pulls the ball or doesn't. I think that's a flaw in our running game. The other is our offensive line is not really good, is not very good at all. And then the other thing, Kingsbury bails on our running game the second things seem like they're not going right and never goes back to them. We threw the ball 58 times this past week and ran it 20, 21, I think it was. And this wasn't a game like a blowout. The final score of the game was 20 to 12. So where was the need to like totally abandon the running game? Like, you know, and, and so that's game plan. It's execution. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's something's, going on with Murray where he doesn't want to run all of a sudden. And maybe, just maybe, he got that big paycheck. Now he feels like he doesn't have to do it. You know, he's mm. making $47 million average a year coming up here. And, you know, he's got that money. Why am I going to go out there and put myself in harm's way? Right. I'm not working for that paycheck anymore. I already got it. I hope it's not that mindset. Because that's going to destroy everything that we have going with paying players these huge numbers in the future right, right? man i think it yeah. is i mean i i think this is that they that that rams front was eating them alive bro oh they yeah were just eating that team alive and while i understand you don't want to abandon the running game like it wasn't do i don't know if james how good james connor it just wasn't working at right. all nothing was working that defense was owning it but on the other side of the ball i tell you one thing that wasn't working was that defense man if there gives me, like you said, a get right game, oh, man. I tell you this is like, I know that the Rams have a lot of players, but these guys were just running free. These receivers just had wide open. Like it was just like open. See, it could have hit the side of a barn. If Ma Baker can Baker Mayfield get right against this defense. Let me give you some thoughts on this defense. First off, <laughs> we just let a Chandler Jones go without a fight. The anchor of that defensive front. Um, you know, he goes on his merry way. We don't replace him in a draft. 
then we don't address our cornerback issues. We've been we're probably one of the most depleted and worst teams as far as the cornerback position in the NFL. So free agency comes and goes. We don't address that. Either one of those. The draft comes. We don't address either one of those. We go out and spend a first round pick to trade for Marquis Brown. Then our second pick, we get a tight end. We got Zach Ertz here. What the heck do we need another tight end for? Instead of addressing the edge rusher or get somebody to replace Chandler, go get you a top flight cornerback in either of those first two picks. So, you know, you talk about inept. I mean, whatever scheme and, you know, whatever scheme that Vance has is going to be utterly useless because if you don't have the the, the pieces for the board, the game is over. And you you guys have seen it. They've run. You got whoever's faced us. You've run against us at ease. I'm talking right out the box too. You don't even have to try to figure it out. Like, hey, this isn't working. Let's. Play. No, you guys. They've come out. You know, five and six and seven yard rushing averages in the first quarter or two with with ease. And then when you want to throw on us, there's nobody out there to stop you. And then to boot, we can't get any pressure on anybody. Like I said, two sacks in two games last week. Against the Raiders, we had a sack on the second play of the game by one J.J. Watt. We didn't sniff Carr the rest of the day when he had been sacked five times the week before. So, you know, it's – and then to, to, to make it even worse, in the week one, Vance, he, he knows what he's working with. So he's thinking, well, I got to generate some pressure because I can't let Mahomes sit back there and just dice us up. So then you blitz him and you expose an even worse secondary to – you know, man-to-man coverage and blitz, you know, and it was you know, Mahomes, if we if they didn't pick it up, he was just hitting the hot routes or hitting the, the open routes. And if we they did pick it up, that's when we decided, oh, I got a little extra time. I'm going to hit Kelsey on this seam route 25 yards up the field. So it's it's almost like, the, you know, pick your poison. How do you want to get beat? Do you want to get beat by the run game? We can, we can help you there. You want to get beat, you know, if we try to blitz you, yeah, if you pick it up or if you got – Guys who know what they're doing will hit, you know, and if we pick that blitz up, oh, it's time to go for the big play. So there's been nothing working on the defensive side of the ball for us to this point. Yeah, so um, I, I know that you mentioned a lot of the offseason drama, I guess you would call it. Um, do you feel like that has been a distraction? I know you had that one really incredible, like, once-in-a-lifetime comeback that, uh, that uh, happened uh, uh, two weeks ago. But do you see this this team being distracted, or do they actually feel like they're pretty well meshed together? Well, we've already got Kyler Murray in his press conferences talking about everybody else needs to step up and stop sleeping because you know he has freedom to do whatever he needs to do out there, Ooh. and we have to. Me- now, you want me to read a quote for you? Yeah, for actually, you. that quick. actually sounds. Um, you know what? We would have run Cam Newton. We would drug Cam Newton through the mud for something like that. If that's like what it sounds like. Yeah. I told guys, you have to be awake when you play with me, no matter what the play is. Uh, Murray said in his post-game conference, I have free reign to do whatever. So when you sleep and you don't think you're getting the ball, you can't play like that. Everybody has to be heads up in the game, locked in, and we just have to be better. So, I mean, it goes on from there, but it's almost like he's calling people out. When Do you think that was the James Conner one? I mean, that had to have been that James Conner play where he hit him in the back of the head or whatever. <laughs> James Conner was like, I was supposed to go there, and he just fucking dunked him right on the back of the head. Here's the thing, gentlemen. We've all been in situations, whether it be in an office or me on the field or whatever. 
you know, uh, he who walked without sin cast the first stone, right? Yes, okay? yes. He has not played flawless to this point. You know, yeah. he's had some great plays, but the majority of his game has been very suspect. So now you're going to call other dudes out on a team. Everybody's out there trying to do what they can do, but, you know, you're not perfect, Mr. Kyle Murray. You And here's the thing. When you're dealing with team dynamics, there's a place for that. Hey, we had a conversation in the locker room. I'm not going to preview to it, but we had a talk. You don't need to come to public almost like I want to let everybody know that I've told everybody in that locker room they need to step their game up like I, you know, like to, to match what I'm doing because I got free reign out there. You better be ready when your time is called, you know, mm-hmm. and that for me is a no-no. And that's part of what I've been saying all along regarding his leadership because he's one of the most dynamic players there is in this league. His leadership has lacked from day one. Well, that has been the question. Point. Yeah, that has yeah, been the question, Mark. That's another Mark. example and- of it for me. I think everybody on this podcast, I know us us three are, I'm guessing you are two are married. Um, are you married, Ed, or are you alone? Yeah. Actually, that sounded weird when I yes, said sir. that. I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. it like that. Are you alone? You're with us, man. Uh, you know what? As a married man for 16 years and uh, been with my wife for 22, I just realized sometimes I might be right, but you don't always got to say it. And he may have been right in that case, but as a leader in those moments, you lift guys up rather than tear them down in a sense. And that's something, I mean, maybe you even say it in the locker room, but like you said, maybe you don't even say it at all. Don't you think James Conner knows he needs to have his head on a swivel swivel more than anything? So like uh, we've been interested in Kyler Murray's demeanor. We've heard, I don't even want to talk about the contract with the study clause and stuff like that. I'm not even interested in it. I will say this. The funniest thing out of all of that that I heard, Ed, is I saw a fake tweet. It was like one of those like troll, like, I mean, it's meant to be satire. And it said, Kyler Murray, first player paid with Call of Duty like COD (laughs) coins or whatever. I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Greg, you you got the mic, my man. Uh, hey, what's going on, Ed? I do have one question for you. I think we may have even asked you this last time we spoke, too. I know me and Cody are real big on Isaiah Simmons. And I know yeah. you're talking about how the, the defense is kind of not really um, favorable. It's not really something you, you you like to look at or can brag about a lot. And I know last year I saw Isaiah Simmons. Me and Cody were real big on him. And I saw him get burned bad a couple times last year. Made highlights getting burned or, you know, low lights. I guess. Yeah. But, um, but wasn't he the one who forced the fumble against Renfro in the game this year? And I wanted to ask you, have you has he improved? Does he look more like the player we were expecting him to come out of at a college? And if so, is he somebody, if he's on top of his game, we need to look out for playing against? Great question, great question, man. I do remember we talked about this last year. Simmons is in a fog right now. Okay. Um, this past game, so remember, they only played 48 defensive snaps because we held the ball, I think, for like 81. So mm-hmm. out of that 48 snaps. Oh. Right he's when he starts back. talking about good I stuff. I know, <laughs> right when he's about to come back. Come on back to us, Ed. Got come this. on back. Frozen Ed. He's frozen in time. I was wondering, you know, I think too. Oh, he, there we go. You're back. Okay. Out of 60 up. some odd snaps against the Raiders, he had 15 total snaps. It was almost like they were trying to bench him. Ooh, the mm. problem out here, what they're problem, what they're doing, Greg, 
they're taking Isaiah Simmons and totally mishandling this talent. Meaning okay. they they've almost declared, hey, he's he can do everything. So that's what we're going to ask him right out of the box. We want him to play safety, middle linebacker, cover in the slot, and play each linebacker position. And at one point they had the green dot on the back of his head, right? So he's swimming out there. I have been preaching and praying, let this man do one thing and right. get great at it. Then you expand him out. Imagine if all you did was put him at the linebacker spot, middle linebacker, outside, I don't care whichever one. Let him play that one spot like a true linebacker. Let him go get it downhill, et cetera, et cetera. He learns that. Then you can start piecing everything else in there. What they've done, they've ruined his confidence already, if you ask me. And I don't know what practices are looking like, but they're using that as the main excuse, like he's not practicing well. So, you know, that's why his snap count is down. It's basically they're not trying calling it a benching. They're just saying that, you know, that was just the game plan. If you got this beautiful young athlete that can do all these different things, how can you game plan not to have him out there for the majority of the snap? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, until they free his mind a little bit and just put him at one spot, let him do his thing, and then, like I said, grow into the other areas they want him to, He's going to be a, a hot mess, and he has been. And you can tell there are plays when he's out there, he's just a half a step slow because he's thinking too much. All It seems like he's always in the wrong place trying to play catch-up, whereas if he, like I said, had a better grasp on everything and just one thing, he might be an absolute beast out there. But I, I'm, I'm – and, and to answer part of your question too, I think he's getting a, fall, a, a, a bad read, meaning if he was in – say if you guys had scooped him up and he was in Carolina, which right now, he might be a straight just beast because, like I said, he might have been utilized differently. But the way the, the Cardinals are, are treating him so far has been a total disappointment. He would have ruined him, too. Yeah. He would have ruined, ruined him, too. <laughs> is, is it kind of a situation – hang on real quick, Tony. Is it kind of a situation where, like, he was great at all these things in college? So coming into the pros, you imagine he could be great at all these things as well. But he'd be superior at one thing if they let him do this one thing, yeah, and then dabble in these other things. What they need to do is what you're saying. That, that sounds about right. I, I haven't got joking. a chance to watch a lot of his play, but yeah, I, I was joking the other fun. day. I was joking the other day on our radio show. What they're trying to do is imagine trying to jump from basic math to algebra to trigonometry to calculus, just like you know. Then that's what it is. You can be great in college. It takes there are very few to come into the NFL and all of a sudden they're just great. They have to learn it. They have to get up to the speed. And like I said, you know, you don't just throw this, throw everything at him all at once. Let him chew a little bit of a t- at a time. And then eventually you get that great, you know, dynamic player. They're just, like I said, and the sad part, gentlemen, I don't think they get it. I think they're going to continue on this path with them. And then he'll be considered a bust because he didn't turn out the way they wanted him to when they were the ones who mistreated him and misused him in the first place. So um, to add to that, so I, I think the downfall of the defense for the Cardinals, uh, and I say downfall reluctantly, um, it started with the drafting of Isaiah Simmons, right? The following year, you guys also, on top of this year letting go Chandler Jones, you let go of Hassan Reddick. Yes. Right? Um, and I think the Isaiah Simmons drafting, you know, was the nail in the coffin for Reddick, even though after that year he had his best year in, in, in Arizona the year uh, Isaiah was drafted. Um, actually, actually, I'll stop you real quick. The drafting of Zavin Collins. Was in Collins. Okay. Beginning of the end. For so, our, for our, yeah. 
but to that point, so you you talk about um, you know the 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 downfall, and you you guys pay an arm and a leg to JJ Watt to to come here, injury prone up to that point, getting to the end of his career. He's made an impact play last week, I think, if I'm not mistaken, but um, for the most part, largely overpaid at, at this point. Um, you know, mainly for legacy, right? So right now, what is the biggest weakness on that defense and how much of the decisions over the past two years or let me let me rephrase all of these decisions how hot is the seat for cliff kingsbury the sad part gentlemen is we just gave him an extension through 2027 so and with a cheap organization like ours i said it oh let's let's rephrase that i used a different word on the show the other day frugal with a frugal Mm -hmm organization like ours you spend that money up front like that it's going to be all kind of headaches to try to buy him out of this contract they're not going to want to pay him and pay somebody else so this nightmare of Cliff Cliff Kingsbury might go on for an extended amount of time what was the study clause for him I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. And, and here's he's got to play video games for four hours a week. You got to make him, him play him, Madden four hours a week. Him and yeah, him and Kyler, they should get together. That's how he's got to. That's yeah. how he's got to teach Kyler the the playbook. Is he's like, yeah. all right, we're gonna go on Madden. I've uploaded the playbook. <laughs> there you and go. This is <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that's a good call. They could work that one together. Yeah, Heck yeah. I, anyway. I, you know, but this this extension to me. You know, it'd be one thing if it was three or four years ago, you gave him an extension. You just gave it to him this year. So they're not going to eat a lot of that money. So that means Kingsbury's going to be around there for a spell. And that, that you know, four years, this is his fourth season. Four seasons in, he still looks like a rookie coach when it yeah. comes to making decisions, you know, the clock management, preparation, making adjustments when your initial stuff doesn't work. These are all things that in year two, you know, you start to get better real through year three, you're mastering it a little bit. Year four, if you're a quality coach, you're moving forward with this organization. And I think the smoke and mirrors guys has been the fact that the team had those hot starts and then we backed our way into the playoffs last year. So it's like, well, look, they've improved every year, you know, under his, I mean, I mean, if that's your goal to, to skeet in and then get blown out, I mean, if that's your goal, then I guess, complete and it's, you know it, i was gonna say it's it's very it, what's eerie about this is the only difference between what we've seen from the cardinals and what we've seen from the panthers is you guys have a quarterback who <laughs> yeah. made it look better right this yeah. we both have first year head coaches in the nfl coming from college um which largely has been a disappointment on most teams i don't think there's been very Many, it's an outlier to have a successful college coach come in here and be a successful head coach. It's not, it's just a rare thing. Um, it's not impossible, but it's rare. Um, but that's also one of the reasons you don't go drafting, you know, uh, quarterbacks who have traits that are considered outlier benefit. Like they're not like you can, you can draft a Drew Brees prototype, but the problem is, is like, that's an outlier. You're, yeah. you're, you're betting on the the under at that point in time. Right. Um, and so I think that's the same thing with college coaches. We were all kind of optimistic for Matt rule and the problem, and this is the thing that, that I'm kind of afraid for, for Arizona is the success that has happened on the back of people like Kyler Murray having like, really, let's be honest, some incredible people like players, a lot of yeah. talent on that, on that team. 
uh, for the majority of his years is now that there's an extension, it's almost like, oh, okay, well, we're in this for the long haul. We've, we got to do to Kyler what, you know, basically Carolina did to Cam, which is basically just let him do, run the show and, and hope that it works out, right? You won't uh, do that with an offensive coach. And that's what I wanted to kind of back in or go just circle back with Cliff Kingsbury. You were talking about those um, draft picks. I've been, and just because I'm picking up my kids from school at this time, I've been listening to Colin Cowherd on the radio for like 15 minutes. And his big stick this past week has been how uh, defensive coaches, if you look at all the defensive coaches around the league, their quarterbacks stink. And if you look around the offensive coaches around the league, their quarterbacks are good um, or or improving from year yeah, to year. Yeah. Um, how much of this defensive ineptitude the ability to win down the stretch comes back to the having a guy that's going to prioritize the offense no matter what. I think as a head coach, if you're a defensive guy, most of those defensive coaches, it all depends who you have running the offense, meaning the HC, the, the OC. If you got a quality guy in there, you let him do his business, you oversee it, you just don't try to get in the way and mess things up. And that OC, his priority is and should be his quarterback, coaching him up, making sure he is the focal point of everything they do as far as protecting him, game plan, et cetera, et cetera. Use them to the best of their ability. I, you know, and I listen to Colin a lot too. I actually disagree with him on that one point that just because you have a defensive guy leading the way, you basically you're stunting the growth of your quarterback. No, if you go get a good quality OC, then everything should be good. It's just a matter of how they handle that business. In most instances, you look at some of these good defensive coaches, they've got garbage as far as their OCs. And maybe that's their biggest problem. They right. don't know how to pick that. But the quarterback, you get it right. You should have somebody in there grooming that dude. I mean, what's a defensive coach mostly do? Belichick, I'm sure he goes from room to room. He spends more time in that defensive room, at least when Brady was there. Can you imagine? He spends all the time in defense room because he ain't got nothing to worry about on the offensive side. The problem is you put somebody in there who's inept, now you got to start peeking in there more. And you're making suggestions more and stuff like that. I think that's the biggest thing. Not the fact that you have a defensive coach on that, uh, you know, head coach. Yeah. But relating it to Kingsbury though, in a sense, and kind of is like, he look at how weak the defense is in this case. And like, I mean, like you said, trading for Hollywood, giving up that first round talent, then going to get in a tight end. You're always prioritizing the offense in that case. And that kind of leads to, this kind of systemic where, where these defensive coordinators have to work with kind of the scraps uh, of it. And now let's circle back to Isaiah Simmons just real quick, because you mentioned something about this Jack of all trades, master of none type mentality with the usage of him. Now the Carolina Panthers have been on a free fall. We just broke a nine game losing streak uh, with a win over the saints this past week. And our defense has been terrible against the run. There's been some question, everything when you're on this kind of free fall, Everybody is in the firing line when it comes to criticism. And finally, our defensive head coach has come into the firing, into our sights for running a 3-3-5 stack, a college-type defense. <laughs> and one of the things that, one of the kind of tidbits that's been brought to the C3 Panthers podcast, we never break news, and we actually got some news from a tip from somebody close that we got to say per source, close to the organization. We never get to say those words. Um, and one was that Jeremy Chin was upset that he wasn't being used in a singular role and being able to get good at that. So putting that to Isaiah Simmons, you talked about 
this ability to get better, become a master at one position and then start to branch out. These people are asking a lot. My question to you, I know I'm kind of meandering around it. One of the things that's difficult for a linebacker is to play well when the defensive tackles stink. And you don't know what to do. You don't know if you got to try to get up in the box and try to stop the run or drop back into coverage. Where are you guys using Isaiah Simmons? Is he an outside linebacker? Is he, uh, I mean, I know you're saying all over the place. And do you think there's any relationship to the weakness of that defensive front with kind of some of his, uh, like you said, in a bit, you know, it's about reacting rather than thinking. And I use the word, it's more about processing. Right. You're supposed to, the information comes in, you, you know, you read run, you read play action, you, you know, zone, whatever, you know, you're supposed to be out there processing it. The faster you can do that, the more se- successful you're going to be. He's his, his computer man is in just, it's almost like he has, he has too much on the, on the disc right now on the hard drive and it is slow, slow, slow. So he's not processing everything. That's because they have him doing too much stuff. I, I wish I could tell you, well, he right now is a linebacker now because they talk about using a more safety. Then they talk about, well, he can also cover backs out of the backfield. And he, we can play him in the slot. And he can also cover tight ends out of, you know. So it's like they don't even know right now. And that's – if here's my question. And, you you know, we all have kids and stuff like that. If the kid doesn't know how if, – if if we don't know how the kid's supposed to know. And, and right. when, in saying that, it's like if they don't know how to use him and what he's good at, how's he supposed to know? He Therefore, I guarantee you they're having – because I've seen guys of his – a talent before they'll take him and he starts the day in the linebacker room for the morning. And then in the afternoon, he goes and sits with the safeties, you know, so he's not even getting a full day of training in his one thing. He's sprinkled here. He's sprinkled there because he has to know it all because they're going to use him in every single way. And it's just not helpful, you know, and as far as that front, you hit it right on the head. Because I think one of you asked me earlier, what is the weakness of the biggest weakness the of this defense? Yeah, it is our front. If you can't, you're free. think about this. If you took Bobby Wagner out of linebacker and you took uh, who was uh, um, a man the, the the for the Rams Ramsey, if you took him both of them out of their lineup, that front with Aaron Donald could still cause eats. enough, could still eat, could still cause enough havoc. And you could actually have success with that front. You take that front away, and now everything else behind it is exposed. When you talk about running against us, the reason guys, the teams have been successful, there you watch the film. Their double teams are getting up to our sec, you know, into our uh, second line. So they're not only blocking the line, they're getting up to those linebackers, which they, you know, they have fighting to get off blocks. And the next thing you know, runners in the secondary and. Check our stats. Buda Baker, anytime our safeties are leading in tackling. It's not good. It's not not good good news. I've been we've been there before. And it was because we could we even saw Luke Keekley decline there. Um, you know, when he that was when he didn't anyway, that's when he said, I'm out of here. Greg, go ahead. (laughs) We got we only got two more like two more questions for you. We'll let you go, Ed. I'm sorry we've been taking so much time. No worries, man. I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, Ed, real quick, one thing every team has in common, and I think it can make or break a season that everybody has to expect is injuries. Uh, and, you know, we can say we have a terrible defense, terrible offenses here and blaming a lot of things. How are you guys looking on the injury front? Are there any, anybody serious out? It's really uh, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore has been out mm. uh, since. And I'll, I'll 
I'll be real quick with this. How the heck can anybody be hurt when nobody played in the preseason? We we started off week one, and our injury report, it went from, you know, we're finishing up camp. We had that third preseason game, which nobody played in. A week and a half later, we're getting ready for the first week of the season. We had like 10 guys on the injury report, including J.J. Watt, Rondell Moore, who pulled a hamstring three or four days before the you know first game. And we've been a mess since, you know, every the guys have been in and out and I'm, you know, I guess they must be having some bang, bang, hardcore hitting practices. And I'm saying that sarcastically because they are not, and they haven't. But meanwhile, like I said, we have guys dropping like flies in our report, you know, as of, as of last week, you know, I think, uh, like I said, Rondell was out one of our linebackers, hopefully, uh, and maybe Rondell will be back for this game. Um, but you know, like I said, the, the list just keeps growing and I can't figure out why. Hmm. Do you think that maybe sitting them for that team maybe had anything to do with it? Like maybe they needed I, to be having those reps to get used to the time and they got back into it after a week and maybe just yes, that way. Yes. And okay. more. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason why he's like, an old hat. This is an old I, hat hey, talking right I, here. I'm just, yeah, it is. I can understand. We used it, yeah. to build up those calluses, man. Those yeah. Two a days. Right. You're hitting and when you're you know, concussed, the, you can't get concussed again. <laughs> by the time we finished up those two a days, those first two weeks, we were ready to go. And now I think what you're seeing now is a lot of these soft tissue injuries because guys are not practicing at all. Then all of a sudden you're asking them not just, to go 75%. Now it's actual game time tackling. We haven't done that at all. And we're going full board and you see all these growings, hamstrings. We got a couple toes on our dog on injury from how the hell do you injure a toe? I'm trying to figure that out, but we got a little bit of everything calves with JJ Watt, but he's been in the last couple weeks. But as you mentioned earlier, he's always just one slip and fall away from being out for the next four to six or eight. All right, uh, final two questions for you. The first one is something I learned from you, is that the the weakness of Kyler Murray is z- zeroing down the center of the field. He likes to look to the outside. He has to move around the pocket a little bit. If you're the Carolina Panthers defense, is the goal contain, contain, keep Murray in the pocket? Watch what the Rams do and try to repeat it. What they do is they have their ends maintain containment by going up the field and they might have some twists and things mixed in there to try to create some, you know, leverage, but there, whoever's on the outside, you contain, and then you push hard up the middle. What it's done is Kyler. We all know he's vertically challenged. If he doesn't have that spin out move to get outside the pocket, once he's out of there, you can cancel Christmas. Then he because, does that throwaway yeah, thing where he gets yeah. that, that poor throwaway <laughs> thing, man. Good God. Exactly. But he his deal is to try to get out of the pocket because those trees in the middle, man, they, st- they cannot see. So what teams are doing, contain on the outside, push in the middle. You keep him bottled up in there. He cannot see, can't find his lanes. You see a lot of these throwaways. And that's also why you see a lot of side-to-side line passing. Those are his clear lanes. We are the king of the bubble screen and the three yard out. I, I, I was joking the other day. If we, if we got picks and we got points for catching balls and running out of bounds, we'd beat anybody, man, because that's where the majority of our passing game is. We have nothing going vertical right now, just every now and then. And without DeAndre Hopkins, he's literally just, just trying to find somebody out there. And it's not working because the ultimate safety blanket is uh, D hop and he's, you know, he'll be, he'll be out for the next three. 
All right, the final is a kind of a sort of fast hitter, real quick. Quick reactions, your first thought on it. We're, we got a our first real sponsor on this show. And when I say our first real sponsor, the people that paid us ahead of time. And we don't got to <laughs> sell nothing. We don't got to sell nothing. We got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, Beautiful we, do thing. Have a, we do have a promo code, stuff like that. But they said, hey, we're going to give you this. So, look, we're big fans of Prize Pick. It's actually ridiculously fun. Use the code the code C3. You get a 100% deposit bonus on your first time. And you get to have fun on daily uh, fantasy sports. But here's my question to you. The way it works is more or less on these numbers. You try to find out. Okay. And we always, so Kyler Murray, more or less 250.5 passing yards. More. Uh, more or less James Conner, 38 and a half rushing yards. <laughs> More less, less. Uh, less. Oh wow. man, wow. Okay, wow. Less. Okay, uh, Marquise, mama named him Marquise Brown, <laughs> 59 and a half receiving yards, more or less. More, okay. And the last one is Greg Dortch, Dortch, uh, 42 and a half receiving yards. More, he's been a and surprise. More. My yeah. final one is who wins the game. Oh, New Year. I'm so early in the week. I'm struggling. That's uh, one and a half point Cardinals on the road. Uh, I'll go Cardinals reluctantly. Wow. I, I reserve the yeah. right to change my vote at any time before the game starts. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Ed, Ed Smith Speaks. You can find him on Twitter at Ed Smith Speaks. Believe in the Arizona cardinals podcast ed thank you so much for coming on the show again and being so gracious with your time hey you guys are the bomb man keep up the great work we'll talk soon all right man we'll see you next season we'll see you next season yeah for sure y'all go y'all go check out ed smith speaks at believe in the arizona cardinals uh and speaking of this is we've got the prize picks up we might as well just go ahead and crush through the segment real quick remember you can uh be a part of the prize picks uh, by going to Prize Picks, you download the app. It's like one of the most fun daily fantasy sports games you can play. You use the code C3, you get a 100% deposit bonus. And I'm gonna guys, I'm gonna show you guys how it works. What you have to do is at the minimum make two selections, two entries from two different teams. So you can't just say, "Hey, we're gonna like." It. So at least at the very minimum, it has to be two selections, and they can't be on the same team. They are going to give you. Um, a series of options. Now, the more you go, the more entries you make. So say we did five picks. In fact, I need to see. What is it? Tony, five, real quick. They could be ahead. on the same team. They just can't be the same player. So like, I can't bid on Christian McCaffrey's passing yards and rushing Mm-mm. yards. But I can no. bid on Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, right? Mm-mm. Oh, if okay. we did, I, but oh. like they would still say they have minimum two, and they can't both be on the same team. But definitely can can't game. be this. Right. It's not the same team. Okay. Right. Exactly. Sorry about that. So um, what we've been doing, and we have not had, I was so, we've been kind of foiled. First, we've been going for the the gusto, the gold. One of the things that saved me last week, and this is really cool about prize picks, they'll send you something really neat, like this week or like today. I saw this earlier. If you go to... Oh, did they take it down already? There is like they they have like it's like Taco Tuesday. Yeah. And you get like a special entry for that. I got a free flex pick on Friday. And that was cool because like if I won or lost no matter what, it was just a free entry. 
So that's fun right there is, in fact, that's why I'm up $1.25 from last week, even though I lost almost everything. <laughs> um, so that is interesting in one right. But what we want to do is this, is we've been trying to focus on the Carolina Panthers, and uh, there are some trends that have been showing. One of the things that I've noticed, guys, is that Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards are lower on Tuesday than they are on Friday. So if you believe Christian McCaffrey can get the yards that are showing up on Tuesday, it's the time to get after it. You right. get a five five yard difference. And I think C3 has been making a little headway on this. I think some of our stuff is kind of moving the numbers a little bit. Maybe promo code C3, 100% sign up bonus. We'll go. We got to make our prize picks this week. I think this is the week. This, this might is, be. This is the week. It's got to be, man. You know, uh, rules of what was it? Uh, the I'm law of right? averages. Law of averages. Yeah, it says we got to win this week. <laughs> so and well, oh, you know what? Is that it's got to be that Baker finally bakes. He cooks. He finally does it against a defense that Ed tells us is atrocious. So is that the one we want to use for Carolina's Baker? Look at these other ones. Robbie, oh, I'm, I'm, we're going. I'm going triples on this. I'm going to okay. go. I feel like this as I'm trying to hit. Ooh. I like this. I think they listen to the noise, folks. I think the Carolina Panthers have their ear to Twitter all the time. I think they know Baker's time, the law of averages, DJ Moore. But see, right, look, right, right there, you're playing with two players in the same team. Right, but we still have to make one more or else we don't get to make it. Uh, and it has to be okay. from another team. Gotcha, gotcha. And now okay. we're going to flip over to the Browns here. The Browns? Sorry, the Browns. The Cardinals. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We waited so long for the Browns game. It was We're like, like every week is against the Browns now. Tony's me, mode, mine is in Madden mode. It hadn't reset yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> what's going on? Um, I, you know, I feel like Ed's probably right. I mean, is, is JC Horn going to just put this, the seatbelt on Marquise? Yes, I think so. I think but, that if. It, well, it depends upon a couple of things, because I think that they're going to have to, based on what we've seen, because we can't seem to get consistent pressure with the four-man rush like we've talked about, um, I think there is a potential that J.C. Horn is going to be blitzing a lot uh, from a slot you know, position or something along those lines, potentially, uh, or the nickel, I mean. Um, and uh, so, I mean, there is a risk of that. It also could mean that we play zone because we have to be able to... Uh, allocate maybe we can't play man on man a lot of times because we're not i don't know because you're going to be dealing with a lot of scramble drills i feel like so zone makes a lot more sense in those situations but um i don't know man i think that uh i think this is the hard one for me it's like it's really hard for me to believe that we're going to hold a running back to 38 well that part is hard for me to get to if you go up if you go more here that's the one that's disagreeing with everything that ed said that's the one he said to go low on and every other one was high i know i know but i think he hasn't seen our run defense Hmm? (sighs) this is a tough one man all right how about Um, this is let's take this james connor off real quick and let's just peek around the league and see if we see anything we like do do just touchdowns overall like passing receiving or or throwing does it have that option have yet? That up yet okay so that's not up till friday or later this week it's so much easier to bet on this later in the week there's so many more players yeah there really is um let's see let's 
see if we can find a good matchup. Herbert 270. Houston hurt un low less than maybe. Um, Golf hmm. 250. What's Trevor Lawrence? Seattle. At? He, Ooh, he's been Seattle. Golf 250. That's still kind of hard. Trevor Lawrence is playing Philly. pretty well lately. They're gonna have to pl- pass a lot. Yeah, in Philly too. That's a good defense. I don't feel great about any of these. Mm. Don't feel great about that. Don't feel great about that. Matt Ryan, do not feel great about. Don't feel great about Carson Wentz at all. Josh Allen and Baltimore don't feel great about. I feel like Lamar Jackson over 230 passing yards is safe. Who's he playing? Buffalo? Oh, well. I don't know. Tough. Wow, yeah. You guys thinking we need mm. one. We need well, one. Well, this is just passing, right? What's what's the other one? Rushing yards? Rush. Kamara, 52 and a half against uh, ooh, Minnesota. That might be good. Eckler, don't ever go with him. Yeah, he's killing me in fantasy this year. Eric Henry. I kind of like this Kamara. Kamara, 52. You like, is... but Connor, man, 38 and a half. I'm I going with my gut. I think yeah. that he's going to ease. I think he's going to get that. And we're, we're, we're primed to once a game give up at least one big run. I'm a. I agree with you. I'm going. I think you're right. Of what we've seen so far, you're right. I think Connor is the best one. Um, yeah. I'm doing this. <coughs> All right. Um, ooh. no, we're not going to do that right now. What we're going to do is this: is I need uh you to appease the freaks. Let's do it. Actually, no. Actually, do this. I need you guys to a cover it first. I need you to hit these two beautiful members that we just got i was so happy to get two new members we got none last week and then go straight into the freak show greg i need you to hook up set up the freak show i'm about to wet my pants i, I gotta use it. the bathroom i can do it well i think <laughs> the two, go ahead ck i'll put I, I them see, up here you talk about them i see the one new member um if you see the other new member let me know right. oh there oh same uh or no that's the one that's in there okay um all right well, 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 we have a brand new super fan under the C3 fandom. And that is going to be Kinfolk, North Carolina, NC for shorts. He has joined or she has joined the C3 super fan club. And we appreciate you immensely. That's only $1.99 to join. And I want to thank you for supporting the show. Welcome to the club. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. And we also want to thank uh, Just Don't Care for the $5 love bomb. We appreciate it. You guys can contribute to the show. We don't ask for it, but we always appreciate it. Thank you very much. And CK, there's one more thing in there, man. we got a bunch of people in the chat room and uh, not a bunch of thumbs up. So uh, why don't you hit them with them golden pipes and tell them what's up? You don't say. Let me do something here. If I do it right. (laughs) Let me get CK to the right spot here. There we go. (laughs) In a world where one man must come in every Tuesday, every Sunday, every Madden simulation, and provide you guys with one thing that is consistent week in and week out. You come here, you enjoy the content, you watch what we have going on, you maybe contribute in the chat, you make phone calls, but you haven't hit the like button yet. I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame.
never ashamed to everybody. 157 in the chat right now, 101 thumbs up. Get it up. It's free. It helps the algorithms. Check it out, y'all. I mean, spread the word. This show is built by y'all for y'all. Let's do it. Man, I uh, tell you one other thing is it is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, the way I just had to use the bathroom after drinking two Miller Lights, I got to go get my prostate. <laughs> Good Lord. Get your prostate check. Woo! And also, guess what? The show's sponsored by Manscaped. And if I go and get my prostate checked, I want to be fresh and clean, right? Uh, I mean, in case it's uh, anybody. Uh, so go to manscaped.com. Uh, use the promo code Panthers. Promo code Panthers. You get 20% off of your order, and you get free worldwide shipping. Folks, we really... I know it's like we're, it feels like we're begging. In fact, I am begging at this point. Is that if we can get some sponsors to continue to help us through this, it really puts this show continuing to grow to the next level. And you guys have helped it so much. These uh, new members, tremendous, tremendous. Welcome to the inner circle, folks. Uh, and you can donate to the show in whatever way you feel appropriate. Um, uh, there's information in the show notes. There's super chats available if you're interested, but most importantly, you can do it like Greg said, by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing and be being a part of the show. I just want to see if there's anything else uh, we need to talk about before we go into the cat calls. We've talked about the game last week. We've tried to preview some of it. Let's just ask this in our last moment of trying to preview um, this Arizona Cardinals every week when we preview a game, I think we focus so much on the other team. What do the Panthers need to do? I mean, I think uh, it, it's pretty obvious to, you know, from a defensive standpoint, carry over what you did last week. The difference here is you're dealing with a much more mobile quarterback. Who's not got an injured back who is going to be able to navigate the pocket incredibly well. And all those, Kings of almost for Brian Burns are going to be more evident with a guy like Kyler Murray. Um, we've seen it time and time again, where he just comes this close to getting home, but the guys just outmaneuver him because, you know, he's pursuing pretty heavily. And, and these guys, you know, some of these guys just have elite pocket presence um, that he's gone against. So I think our defense needs to continue to have good coverage down the field, but I think they also need to find a way to maybe not be so aggressive in their pursuit of Kyler. Um, offensively, I think it's pretty clear. We need to get the passing game more consistent. I think it's just that simple. Or, or existent. Fuck it. Fuck consistent. How about existent at this point? The Panthers defense has carried this team to one victory. People said I needed to eat crow egg on my face for saying the Panthers defense was mid. But I kind of stick by that story is that uh, Jameis Winston moved the ball enough uh, against the Carolina Panthers. They played from behind. I know for me is this is that the day that the Panthers defense can play the complete game, third down conversions, stopping the run and negating the pass. Then I'll start and actually and getting some sacks all in that and generating pressure without having to make it just manufactured completely. I'm ready to eat the crow. But that's not going to happen until the Carolina Panthers offense does anything, 
anything, something. And the only person right now that can will us to winning on offense is Christian McCaffrey. And it's time for Ben McAdoo to realize it. He needs to realize it at the beginning, not at the end. CK, I thought you had one of the great lines in the post-game show. It's like they felt like they had to get him to 100 yards. I want to see this defense, I mean, this offense become more balanced, but feature McCaffrey in a dynamic way, and Baker's got to cook for once. Mm -hmm. It's just time. If he doesn't cook this week, think about this. If it's not this week, when will it be? Mm -hmm. And then how prevalent will that conversation about bringing in uh, Sam Darnold become? Agreed. I, I think Diesel Skills in the chat says it best. What I want to see a rhythm in the passing game. I want to see sustained drives, and I need to see scoring touchdowns. You know, like I, I can even deal with the defense. Let's not make playing it easy well on the weekend. defense for once. Yeah, let's make I, it easy on the defense. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Not turning the ball over. Look, and this is like uh, I mean, the defense has done two uh, really well in two weeks in a row against the Giants. I put them in some tough situations against the Giants, but let's. Let the defense take a breath for a second. Let's not ask them to do everything. It's not surprising we won this last game. They scored under 17. Right. You know? That rule is now 10 and 0. Um, let's go happens. to the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts about the Arizona Cardinals, what the Carolina Panthers need to do, and what's on your mind facing this Carolina Panthers team. Go ahead, Greg. Bring us in. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Damn again, I'm a first-time caller. Um... I just wanted to uh, get through to you guys. I don't know what's going on. I, I think it's too predictable. Their offensive playbook, Baker Mayfield doesn't fit in it. I think Baker Mayfield is an okay quarterback. I like him, but he's in the wrong playbook. They need to leave him in the gun so he can see what's coming. And this coaching staff, just fire everybody. Just please fire everybody. The future's looking grim. Get you a damn good quarterback. Get you a real NFL coach and fucking fire everybody. Or you don't understand, like, this seven-year bullshit he has going on is fucking insane. If Jay-Z were a football player, I doubt he would be doing that. I doubt he would be performing the way Matt Rule calls plays. Whatever. All right, still uh, an unhappy camper still after one win, and I think that shows you that while the Panther fans are happy, they are still reluctant to kind of uh, endorse this team entirely. And to be fair to the caller and to people who are hesitant, that offense was so bad. It's like you kind of lucked into a win. This was two weeks in a row where kind of a team didn't want to win. Um, the Giants were – all of these games have been winnable if this offense could produce, and they haven't. 
They just have it. The number is 252-228-5098. Remember, we're going to one call a night. We're trying to really move to this, guys. Look, we're trying to keep this podcast growing and moving. We want to make sure everybody's voice is heard and respect y'all's time. The number is 252-228-5098. Bring us your best. Let's go to the next call. Hey, man. J.P. Panther calling from Mooresville. Uh, this is what I got to say after a W against the Saints. Matt Rule is not that bad. Ooh. You know, three years ago, this roster was terrible. I truly think we're an OC, a pass rusher, and a quarterback away from being a pretty good team. That's all I got to say. Uh, as y'all know on this show, I, I would vehemently disagree with this as far as that Matt Rule being an okay guy. But I do want to point out that what you said is we're a OC – a quarterback and a, and a pass rusher, like a big defense. <laughs> the three most important positions on a team are the three positions that we are, we are the one away from. Okay. Just for me personally, I feel like those three guys are like any, any franchise team or any uh, dynasty has those three guys established. And if those are the three guys we're missing, then I don't feel like that we're in a good spot because those yeah, are the three hardest I, positions to fill. I'm telling you, this is one win. After a nine-game losing streak, I'm not ready to say Matt Rule ain't that bad yet. Right. I'm right. sorry. Like you got to, you owe me a little bit more than that. Um, you give me two wins, then I say, you know what? Maybe there's a chance that we can get three. Okay. But unless we finish this season with over six wins this year, I'm not interested in this dude anymore. Let's I think six. six is pushing it because yeah, he's only I'm won like, 10. He's won five each year he's been here. No, so I mean, like, that. that's at least a one. I mean, like, you might be able – no, I mean, you're probably right. Like, I don't think you'd be able to convince me even then. You know, I mean, but right now with this putrid start, if we get six, I think that will be, uh, like, kind of Herculean in its own right in some ways. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I feel like this is what's the number where you got to start saying where we – are we – we're going to bring back actually somebody brought this back to me it's like if if matt rule kind of goes on a run here um does that change the tides or does that change and it's almost and we'll be having this discussion for the entire season so there's no easy reason to answer it right now but like what's the number he's got to get to after this start and i'm sure this number will change throughout the season with who you beat who you win how you lose things like that right but if it's not close to a winning record this year it's going to be tough um, to kind of justify it. Let's go to the next call. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, T3 fam. Uh, first time caller, Dylan Broadsell from Greensboro, North Carolina. And I got a lot to say about this team. Let's hear it. It's probably the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life. The offense is abysmal. I wanted Baker Mayfield to come in here so hard and just dice up defenses. But yeah. there's a little piece inside of me that knew that that would never happen. Ah, oh, so frustrating. Defense started to play, play well, started to come together match. Um, I think that by the end of the year, the defense will definitely start to, start to look like an elite defense. Now, not right now. 
uh, to, to agree with Tony a little bit. I would say it, it's mid, a little bit better than mid at this point. But um, and I'm gonna say it. You know, the the calls from last week about uh, from the post game show about. PJ, put PJ in. Like oh God, <laughs> no, please no. All right, y'all, have a good one. Yeah, somebody agrees with Tony. It's a rare thing. Sometimes it feels like uh, the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Baker, Baker, you gotta you gotta start to bake, bro. Mm-hmm. We're getting cooked. You ain't cooking, Jack. This really comes down to two people in my mind that need to improve. Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo, they're connected at the hip. Um, The question was, was McAdoo the right coordinator for Baker Mayfield? Um, I don't know. And I I was just hoping that Ben McAdoo's experience would help us, but that experience hasn't done anything for us in these first three games. He has not schemed. He has not. This is the thing is that, like, everybody across the league says – that we're the most basic offense in the in every like vanilla number one they say. Mm-hmm. I heard a guy say we're the worst offense in the entire league. I mean, it's, and it's, I don't know if there's an I don't think there's an argument against it honestly. Right. I mean, it's it's definitely a legitimate argument because it's like I said, even in the win that I watched, it was just the most boring win ever. Well, like it's just three and out or, or five plays and 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 in punt and it's just. Such a boring game to watch, and there's a difference between watching a game with absolutely putrid offense and a big defensive struggle. Like I remember back in the day watching games, six three was the final of the game, nine to six, and it was a defensive struggle, and it was different to watch. This was just more of a putrid offense playing. Yeah, you know? and it's not the offensive line. I'm telling you, the first time in the history of the world, it feels like that our offensive line isn't the number one. Public enemy number one is this. Mm-hmm. How? How the fuck? Excuse my line. Boop. How to boop? <laughs> you got somebody the said they don't like the <laughs> they don't like the cussing so much. I understand, folks. We have found mouths. We get kind of rowdy sometimes. Uh, but like, how? How is this? And here's one other thing, Greg, about this offense is what if they said the reason it hasn't been good for the last two years? No Christian McCaffrey. Right. It's just like, oh, if we have, like, it's like, oh, that's the number one excuse for the offense every single, for the last two years has been, oh, well, it would be a lot. It's hard to judge it right now with no Christian McCaffrey. The whole offense funnels through Christian McCaffrey. That's what you said about Teddy Bridgewater. That's what you said about Sam Darnold. That's what you said about Joe Brady the whole time. Look, Christian McCaffrey's there. He's Mm -hmm. there and he's playing well. Like that, that excuse is not is non-existent. And um, imagine what we would look like. We look putrid now with Christian McCaffrey playing well. Imagine if he wasn't here. Oh, imagine I know. if he didn't I'm have not... his hundred yards last game and the hundred and ten yards before that. What this offense would look like? Yeah, we're, we're rolling with Mike Davis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, C three? Eighty nine J Stubbs here. Just calling in and. Wishing everybody a happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday morning. We got the W. We excited now. Looking on to Arizona. Uh, but before we get there, Baker was just awful. Like I'm not trying to pile on, you know, 
I'm oh, hoping he can get horrendous. a little bit better as the year goes on. I'm not expecting greatness, but can he get his completion percentage to 60 and maybe 60 more yards a game? I mean, every little bit helps. Um, however, with that being said, it's like we're about to play one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, for the first three weeks, we played pretty solid defenses. Uh, if you look around the league, uh, so I'm expecting Baker to bounce back, maybe have 270 yards, two touchdowns, um, because, you know, we pretty much own the Cardinals since Jake threw all them picks so long ago. So, you know, uh, we can get collar down, we'll be good, but just, just looking forward to the, uh, to the game and, Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Frankie Louvu, I mean, them guys really kept us in the game. And Shout out to our special teams. You know, we've been kicking them in the ass a couple of years, and now they seem to pick it up. And that punter, boy, if you can keep giving us good field position, we'll be in yes. good shape all year. So, anyway, guys, keep pounding. Looking forward to the show tonight. Peace. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the wrong pad. <laughs> I got to get used to this. Yeah. Is uh, First, we'll give him the applause. There you go. It's a great call. He brings up uh, He brings up uh, the special teams, which we have not talked enough about, right? A block, a block field goal, cannon mm-hmm. guys deep, you know, making things happen. Even Chenault returning kicks is, is made, uh, kind of brought a spark. Uh, but Baker, there is no excuse for Baker being there. He's been, no. he's been bad. He's just been bad. And you know what sucks about the Baker situation is like I th- I feel like Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield has an insanely high ceiling. I feel like he really could if he's on top of his game could play at like as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He also has a really really low floor. When he's playing bad, he's going to play really bad. And he's a momentum guy. He's a momentum player. If he's playing bad, he's probably going to continue to play bad. The difference is he's not going to give up and he can pull himself out of it. Won't always do that. But he has the ability to. But he's a momentum player. I feel like if he starts a game off fast, if he has an opening drive touchdown where he has 60 yards. He's never done that. We don't don't know what that feels like. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I feel like if we do see that, then we're going to see that progress throughout the game like that. I feel like he's a momentum player. We just got to get him started. Like It's just hard to get him jump started to get that game going. But I feel like he has a really high ceiling if – I hate saying it – if everything – the situation is right. You know, like – players around him are playing well and you know he's in a good situation which is not a fantastic quarterback but if we can put those situations around him enough where he can play well then i'm okay with that i don't understand this comment from new daddy we're one and two we've looked horrible and he says carolina minus one and a half at home against the team traveling across the country we're favored i'm honestly a little bit surprised we are favored to be to be honest so the fact that we're favored in this game um I think I think speaks more volumes about what uh, they think about Arizona more than they think about the Carolina Panthers at this point. And to J- eighty nine J Stubbs point because this was a sound a pre program sound Greg on the roadcaster I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, he said Baker Mayfield's play. Eh, it was okay. I mean, it could have been better. Like you're not bad, but you're like. Not Actually, middle. no. He's probably saying this. <laughs> Yo, bro, that shit was fun. <laughs> Which one was the one where it says, go kill yourself? I got to find that one. Bro. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. That one. Remember I played it on the caller and it said. Bro, that shit was whack. Go there kill yourself real quick. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> don't do that. That's it, AJ. 
That's it. All right, I got to remind that one. Eh, whack. Got to remember these buttons. You're going to do it old school. But, Mark them with tape on the on, on your nice electronic stream deck. Mark yeah, look, Promise QS knew what I was going right after. It's like, good Lord. The number is 252-228-5098. Hold on. Make sure I ain't got a duplicate call here. All right, let's go. What it is, what it do, Panther fam. Didn't call in for the post-game show, but I was, you know, busy drinking, yelling, and carrying on, watching other games, et cetera. It's your boy, Josh, from Mass. And I'm just going to come right off the top with this because I've seen it on Twitter. I heard it in the post-game show. Y'all chuckleheads talking about Sam Darnold. Maybe it's time for Sam Darnold. It's like, nah, bro. Nah. It just ain't it. Not this guy. It just ain't it. It's just not. I'm sorry. That's a, that's, that's, that's like a, ter- that's just, just a terrible take. You think, you think Baker's bad in this offense? What do you think Sam's going to do? Sam gets sacked like once or twice and that's it. Oh. Oh, up, up, up. There it is. The guy sees himself in a mirror and loses his erection. Come on. He's done. We don't need a quarterback who gets shell-shocked. I'll take a guy who takes all game to freaking heat up and finally do a little bit over a guy who is a flight risk. You know? I, I, I'm all set. I, we've seen enough of Sammy Boy. That and, I mean, Baker actually has time in this fucking disaster of an offense. Sam doesn't. He's got no time with the ones yet. So it's, it's, it's basically hitting a mini reset button. You're just making the situation worse, at least in my opinion. You just ride it out with Baker and just look. See what happens. I do like the ride with Baker and see what happens, but I disagree with a little bit. I'm really not liking the way things get schemed. I'm not liking. You know, our receivers ain't getting very open. And DJ Moore's always got a monkey on his back, it looks like. Get some dude draped over him. And Robbie, man, he, he's got diamond hands. He should just be bouncing. Should just be bouncing off Robbie's hands. He needs to, he needs to get some stick him something. You know, a shot dude, same thing with shy. You know, Baker's off target a lot, but when, that's the thing is when the ball is on target, these guys are whoop, 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 bouncing it around, making it, making it worse. It's like the whole thing, there's just no cohesion. So I don't think interjecting, introducing a new, another quarterback into the situation is going to solve this at all. Because in another three weeks, everybody's going to be going, oh, maybe it's time for P.J. Walker. And then when Pete, you know, bring in P.J. Walker, he'll suck pond water for three weeks. And then it'll be, oh, let's sign Cam Newton again. And then Cam will come in and do terrible for three weeks. And then where are we? Zach, just let the stagecoach burn down, boys. Let it burn. Let the motherfucker burn. Just let it burn. I agree with so much of this call, Greg, in so many ways, is I agree we stick with um, Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Let's just kind of roll with it and let it either like catch on fire in a good way or burn down. But I don't know if I agree with the hesitation to even consider Sam Darnold. Yes. I, I will say through three games last year, his first three games, Sam Darnold did look good. He had 888 yards, uh, three passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, one interception. 
with 68% completion percentage. Looked really good through three games. After week, uh, what was it, seven or eight, whenever we played, uh, seven, we played the Giants, he looked just like Baker Mayfield. 112 yards, 129 yards, 172 yards, 132 yards, one touchdown, zero touchdowns. Look, he, he went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games without throwing a touchdown after the Giants game. So he did look good through the first three games, but after that, he looked exactly like Baker does now. Just leave Baker in. I feel like Baker is a better quarterback, and I feel like he can play better than what he is right now. I think the top end for Baker is better than the top end for Sam Darnold. Yeah. Sam Darnold had good games last year against bad teams. I think here is this. If we go to Sam Darnold, it's it's already so bad that it doesn't matter. Right. You know, and but we might be hitting that point. To be honest, I think too. I mean, I think being gracious is that this week and next week, if Baker doesn't turn it on at all, mm-hmm. I think it's a reasonable consideration to have. And we don't have either one under contract next year, do we? Yeah, who gives a shit? So, so we don't have to worry about making them look better for trade value because no. they can both walk at the end of the season if we want. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is Baker's just been so bad right now? We just need him to be better. That's it. Yes. Even and if he's marginally be. better. I do. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like, we've been expecting it. We've been waiting for it. But guess what? It's time to get right against the Cardinals. Let's go to the next call. What's up, T3? Um, this is Anthony uh, from the Friday Free Throw All Faithful. Just thought I'd uh, call in here and, you know, explain why I was the way I was uh, with my last call. So, your last call? You, you never want... Hold on. Did I miss a call? Because we're only doing one call a night. Hold on. I can't we see. I'm, I'm getting yeah. used to pulling them up on my phone. Oh, wait. Did we get this one? Is the camera doing? Let me see. Where are we at? Sorry, guys. I'm working on it. Hold on. I'm getting used to the... Anthony, did we? We did this one. All right. Here we go. Here he is. No, that's his first call. And What's sorry, we're only going three? one call, so it's your um, only call, Anthony. Good name, though. Anthony, uh, from the Friday Free Throw All Faithful. Just thought I'd uh, call in here and, you know, explain why I was the way I was uh, with my last call. So, you you never want to lose in anything, right? Like, no matter what you're doing, no matter what the profession is, or no matter what that circumstance is, but this is a business, and... You know, I kind of thought about it. As I said, like, that that Saints game was the first game that I ever wanted to lose as a fan. And, no, I don't want to lose because I'm a bad fan and I want to hate in our fan base and tell uh, the Panthers how crappy they are, this and that. No, I just think that, you know, I was a big Baker fan going into the season. I still think he can turn it around, you know. But with this schedule coming up, this is really going to determine how our season goes. Because if we start losing these games, man, I think we should just go in the direction of trying to get a top pick. Because those guys are the game changers, you know? Like, you see Trevor Lawrence looking amazing now. I mean, if we had the number one or two picks, that would really, you know, help our franchise and help us start over. I'm not saying that... You know, we need to just completely abandon the season. But I am. You are. That's exactly what you're saying. There's a point in time during the season where we have to know what we're doing. And Kemper has to know 
Like, I, I don't care what these reports saying that he's going to be patient with rules. Fuck that shit. Because he should he should not be patient with this guy at all. He paid him this money. He should know what he's doing. So, once again, I always bring up how these report, how the Panthers reports are the opposite. What, the ha- what happens is the opposite of what they say. I mean, there's been countless incidents I can pull up about Baker Mayfield, how they weren't interested in him, they weren't interested in Darnold, ends up trading for both of them. Now there's a report saying Tepper's going to be patient. I don't buy that shit at all. I think if we, you know, lose the next three or four games in a row, I think Rule's going to be out the door. And I think it's because Tepper knows that the longer he's going to keep them here, if he can't get a winning season, the worse it's going to make us. So that's just my two cents on it and why – I said I wanted to lose these games. It's not because I'm trying to be a bad fan. It's just simply because I don't think a lot of people understand that that Saints game you saw was still a Matt Rule-managed game. And out of the 11 wins he's gotten, they've all been the same. Defense has carried, offense has played like subpar, but we barely snuck out of all these wins. But anyways, keep pounding. Um, look, is your, your call is not being well-received in the chat. But I get the sentiment in some ways, right? Is that you don't want hollow victories in some ways. You don't want the, uh-oh, so my phone is Bluetooth now, so you guys hear my notifications probably. <laughs> that probably sounded very loud. Um, you probably, look, is that if this is a hollow victory, then I understand your sentiment. You know, it's like if you're losing and you're a losing team, you just want to kind of figure it out when you figure it out. The other thing is it's week three. So, you know, like the season is long. Like we're not a losing team just yet because mm-hmm. we could be a winning team. So you want the team. Like I feel like this is like people say they don't want us to tank. They don't want, I want us to organically tank. You know, if we are bad, then we're right. going to be bad. Right. And we're going to lose. And then there's going to be a tipping point where we're uh, like, if we were 0 and 6, then you say, you know what? Is like we're not trading for people to get people. We're trading people away. We're not, you know, what I'm saying like we're trying to evaluate talent and some different things. But I'm for that organic tank, which is like, hey, it just happens. Yeah. You just happen to be terrible, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't have to manufacture it at this rate, man. Um, that's still an opportunity. I agree with you. I want to organically lose if we're going to lose out. But like, if we get to a point where like we're like one and thirteen, then it's not an organically lose. I don't want us to win anymore. At that, well, at then that you point, are you, know? you are organic at that point, yeah. and then you just play your football game, and you don't go and you know you kind of sit Christian McCaffrey, you check some different players out, you you trade, you make some trades close to the trade deadline away, trying to accumulate assets. The players are going to go out there and play hard. The coaches are going to coach and to play hard. But, like, you're not necessarily building the team to win in a win-now, win week-to-week mode, you know? And at some point, you're going to realize that. But it's not in week three. And and that's the problem I'm seeing even with myself is I've got to tell myself this because I know for a fact that if I was if we were 3-0 right now, and we say it before the beginning of every season, you don't know a team until after week six. About week six is when you really start to separate the winners from the losers, Right. Well, I know that after we were 0-2, I was like, oh, my season's over, you know? But if we were 3-0, and like, I, I, I would... I know like I'd we were last myself, year thinking, yeah, oh, I'd be telling myself, like Matt ruling them six. thinking they're going to make the playoffs and stuff. Exactly. So I've got to keep reminding myself, just wait, just wait. When we get to week six, if we're 3-3, three and three, then, 
Maybe the season's not going to be terrible. If we get to week six and we're one and five, okay, I know that where we're going. Is, uh, week know, six, so. one and five, I'm sitting there going, this team ain't good. I think and week thing, six, one and five, that's when we really seriously start talking about Matt Rule being fired. Two and four is tough, too. I think we need to be three and three in week six to be optimistic. I agree. To like saying we can do something, you know? And if we're two and four in week six, then they got to prove it to us more than we got to prove it to them. Let's go to the next call. Sorry, I think we're doing one call. Next one here. Sorry, I'm playing from my phone now. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? It's G Cavassier. Hey, man, I'm still happy that we won that damn game. But can I say this to be honest, man? I think our run defense is good as shit. I swear, ever since week two, we have been clutching down on the run D. We just got to... He's got to work on the dad on backfield, man. I say these in corners, man. That's my opinion, man. You know, J.C. Horn, he's, he's doing he's doing pretty good, man. But something that came to thought in my mind, man, what if we didn't draft Derrick Brown? We would have picked up Isaiah Simmons. And He'd be worse. What if last year we wouldn't have picked up, Maybe. you know what I'm saying, J.C. Yeah. Horn? We would have picked up Michael Parsons. Can you believe? Can, can you see that shit? Isaiah Simmons and Michael Parsons. <laughs> that would be lethal. <laughs> that would be oh lethal. <laughs> yeah. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Um, look, is I G love you. Great, great fan of the show. Disagree one hundred on this run defense. The numbers do state it though. The numbers support his argument. Like, like I, I don't see it. The eye test doesn't necessarily do it for me. The defense have been locked down. They've been better. Week two and three, but the numbers do support they've been like like insane difference in one and two and three. But that is also because the bar was set so high in week one. What we do, one hundred and seventy-two yards in week Not one, two seven. They gave up two seventeen or something. Like that. Yeah. So when you set the bar that high, of course, the next week if you only allow one hundred and ten total, wow, you've you've improved by fifty percent. You know, like so. Yeah, I think this. I think the Saints game is misleading about our run defense. Is let's see. Look up how yeah. Look up how many pass attempts, how many rush attempts they have. But I want to read you there just this first drive. All right, the first drive by the New Orleans Saints. It's zero zero. First and ten. Jameis Winston fumbles at the New Orleans eleven. It's recovered. Um, Jameis Winston to the six. So he he picks up six. He drops the snap. Picks up six yards. Yeah. Uh, It's second and five. Alvin Kamara off the left guard. Rushes for 27 yards. Yeah. First and, and 10. That was 27 of his 61. So yeah, we shut him but down. But I mean, the rest like, I mean, in this first, I bet you like 80%. What I'm trying to argue is this is 80% of his rushing yards were probably in the first quarter. Oh, 100%. When they were, when the game was close. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then they're playing from behind. They um, ran 17 times. They passed 41. Look, uh, Mark Ingram, right tackle, four yards. Uh, Alvin Kamara up the middle, two yards. Um, let's keep going next. So they weren't terrible, right? Necessarily, but I'm not sitting here watching this game going. This, this rushing defense is good. I'm not ready to crown them yet. Let's put it that way. I think the game, the game, the way the game unfolded helped them be better. Agreed. Agreed. Which you is know, part of what the defense sets up for. I mean, if you stop them and you put them in a position where they have to pass the ball, 
then yes, it's going to be very advantageous to your defensive stats, your right, defensive right. running stats, you know. But it's it's what it's, it's a cause of what they did. So I mean, you got to give okay. them a little bit of credit for it, you know. Sure, sure. I'm not like shit like that. They weren't bad necessarily, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the strength in this defense. No, I think the strength yet, is anyway. in our secondary. Not I, yet. Think, I think we have a stronger secondary than we do like a linebacking core or defensive line. But our secondary was the the part of our defense that got beat up the most in the last game. Even though they they bend, they didn't break, they didn't allow points. They had two one hundred yard receivers when Winston had really nobody to throw to, except for a rookie and, and a backup receiver. So they didn't play fantastic, but they they did what they needed to do to win the game. All yeah. right, uh, Adam Sanders is ready for me to be proven wrong. He thinks this defense is going to be top twelve this year. Says it can't be, uh, can't wait to be right. You won't be right about this until the offense helps them. That, in the end of the day, is this is no matter what this defense is, they're not going to be able to sustain anything if this offense can't improve. I need to see more. I am the jury's still out for me. Um, there's questions about the scheme, like TJ's talking about. There's questions about the the front, the defensive front. Um, can they do it alone? Or are we going to have to kind of have that Steve Wilkes blitz happy defense all the time to get any pressure? So um, I'm going to wait and see at this moment, but I'll tell you this is the defense is not the weakest part of the team at this moment. Agreed. Um, next call. We we can win games with a yeah, defense plan. Like Sorry, good. Yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. TJ, second time caller out of G Vegas. I was listening to some of the show on Sunday, and I'm just calling to give my – my input on the question of did I want us to lose last week? No. Um, if, if it's the Saints or the Dirty Birds, I don't care what the situation is. I don't ever want the team to lose. But I will say for the first time ever, I went to a dark place on week two. Uh, and I'm telling myself, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Please don't. And I couldn't help it. When I saw Chuba Hubbard catch the opening kickoff and fumble that shit, I just I just thought I hope the Giants beat the ever living shit out of this team. I hope they fucking hurt this team. Maybe just maybe that'll wake them up, you know. But I think most of that was from just the dissent I had from Matt Rule, and I want him gone, just like everybody else. But uh, <laughs> a week went by, and last week, you know, I'm just thinking it's the Saints, man. I, I just want us to win this game, no matter what. It doesn't matter. So we're winning and everything is good. I'm like, okay, winning the game. Then I see Jameis Winston drive down the score. And I thought, oh, here we go again. Same shit. We're about to lose. But the worst part about it is, and where I'm at, is that I thought, eh, if we lose, whatever. I just can't get excited about this team, and that's what sucks the most to me. So. Agreed. Having said that, there's no even point in even talking about the offense. They're trash. So I'll go straight to the defense. We want to talk top 12, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I think it's maybe 15, top 15 to 20 at best. And I think if we were above 15, as bad as this offense is, it's just going to bump us down. We'll never be above that. Um, on top of that, I think – I just think the Saints had a, had a good game, had a shitty game. I mean, right. they had a bad game. Um our defense played well. I don't want to take that away from them, but, you know, also Jameis Winston's a turnover machine, so there's that. And if you look at it, 
they had the most offensive yardage of any game they've played so far against us. So we should just be happy we won that one and move on. I hope we this win against the saying. Cardinals. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I got the cards 24 to 12. That's just where I have it. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball 20, 30 to 40 times, no doubt. And we'll see. If we stop the run and our defense plays well, then I'll give them the credit they deserve. But I just have to see it. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't played a running quarterback yet. Dual threat quarterback, Kyler Murray. We, he, I see him posing problems for the D. Uh, again, I hope I'm wrong. They don't have D hop. Yo, bro, that shit was fire, shit bro. Actually, like, swear on my life. Yeah. You know, to, to that caller, like, just to, to start off at the beginning of his call, uh, yeah, the Chuba Hubbard thing, I, I, I was in that dark place, too. And because of that play, I may or may not have to replace a hollow door uh, for my bedroom. Um, yeah, that, that play really, really made me mad. The first play of the game, I, I was heated. And, and, like, right there, it just threw me off for the whole rest of the game. I was like, oh, this, this whole game's over. Like, I'm done. And, you know, obviously, we saw what happened. But... It's amazing um, I, we stayed in that game as much as we did. The defense was the only thing that did it. You're absolutely right. Because, I mean, because they, 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 they should right have been up 14 nothing yeah. when we got the ball for realistically the first time. But I also so, want to yeah. point out this, is that, like, I understand, like, it's, uh, look, I'm an ECU Pirate fan, and it stinks people get mad when our quote-unquote best player, I mean, he probably is, he's been our best player, our quarterback, Holt Naylor's nicest dude in the world, has kept us in games, has done so much for us. But when they when I say he's not the pure a pure passer, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just not like he's not going to go to the NFL as a as a, as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's just like if there's a weakness to his game, it's actually that he's not a passing quarterback. He's kind of just good at everything. He's good at running. He's good at this. He's good at all these different things. Mm-hmm. So um, people get upset because it does stink when you dog a little bit on the best part of your team. Right. He has literally been the best part of our team, no matter what. So when I say when we're like, people are going, Hey, our defense is the only thing like that. We have to be happy about. They're right. Right. But at the same time, this, that doesn't mean alone that they are good or great Mm -hmm. right now. I think they're average. I truly believe this. And I just give you this is look at, what the Giants did against Dallas. Right. I mean, they couldn't put, they can't, they haven't put any points up, period. And and they still almost won that game. Exactly. Which was crazy. Look, there have been 19 games so far through the first three weeks that have ended in three points. They in, haven't in, scored in, in, in anything. Yeah, they haven't scored. Points. They haven't yeah. scored. And it's not just our defense being good. It's them also being bad. Yeah. And, and look, if you go back and look at uh, how many penalties that the Saints offense had on their own chop block holding they got they they didn't help themselves at all yeah so i understand that the defense won that game for us they deserve to be clapped about but i don't know if this defense right now has played better this year than it played last year there's not really a great, a big enough measuring stick to right. see yet. Right. I, I agree. I, maybe it has, but we, I don't have enough information to make that judgment call yet. And one more thing this caller was saying is, you know, he never wants us to lose, especially playing against like Atlanta or New Orleans, you know, and, and I'm the same way. I don't ever want this team to lose. And I'm never going to be fooling for them to lose. Look, this win, and I said this on Sunday, like as a fan, I needed this win. Like 
Okay, me right, and my wife. Right, this was for, for us. This was right. for us. Me and my wife have been married for 14 years. Okay, me and the Panthers been married for what 27 now. Okay, like if you've been in a relationship with anybody that long, it gets to a point where you get into a lull, and and you gotta you need a reminder of why you love this so much again. You know, and a or we just needed what, to get laid. Yeah, one time. Exactly. Something. It doesn't something even have to, to be the you. best exactly. lay ever. Can we just get some daytime sex one time? Exactly. And so, like, this win for me was like a, a, a night at the Holiday Inn away from the kids, as opposed to like the weekend vacation, which would have been like a blowout that we needed, that I really needed to be like, okay, I know why I love this team again. This reminds me. I got the weekend, the, the, the overnight stay at the Holiday Inn. So I'm okay. I needed this win to restore my faith, to rejuvenate that faith in Carolina again, to be truly honest with you. Because, uh, you know, going back and looking at it, I was starting to get kind of negative on this team. And I hate being negative on the team that I love so much. But, this was a win that I needed. This Bad. was day. This was sex while the sun was up. Yeah, while the kids are at school. Exactly. You know, you're not supposed to be doing this, but hey, it doesn't it look. Works. You haven't been doing it a lot lately, <laughs> yeah. and you usually never do it when the sun's up. Wow, does he have to be great? <laughs> Next call. Oh, hey, big fat fingers. What's up, C three? Uh, Raleigh Panther calling in tonight. Um, What's up, Raleigh? Just Panther? wanted to call in. I, I had noticed, uh, you know, on Twitter today that offensive line um got the award for you know best line of the week or so and uh you know while that's great and all it um it made me equally as frustrated just because you know i feel like the line is really pulling their weight and um but yet we're, we're still not seeing the the translation um to, to baker mayfield and and getting balls out to receivers and i, and I wanted to ask you guys is it more so on Baker? You know, is he getting happy feet in the pocket? Is he panicking? Or is this really on the receivers not creating enough separation? Um, you know, I'd love to get y'all's take on that and, uh, you know, where we can go from here maybe to fix the issue. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night, man. Enjoy uh, everything you guys do. Have a good one. Good call. Great call. That, and go ahead, Greg. I'll say that sums it up. We were talking about there earlier about – at first glance, it looks like it might be all Baker. Uh, I, I think it's about 50-50 blame, to be truly honest with you. I think the, the receivers need to play better, and Baker needs to play better. And there's no question about it. Both of them have places they can improve, and I feel like if they do, they could be successful. But they both need improvement. I wouldn't put the blame on 100% on either one of them, to be honest with For you. For me, all the blame, 100% of it is on Baker and McAdoo. Wow. Okay. 50-50. Okay. I don't even really care about the receivers at this point. Yeah, Shai Smith dropped a couple of balls in the first game or the against the Giants that could have been a bit better, right? Like, look, that man, we saw drop balls all the time in Cam. Like, at the end of the day, is this, as I tell you this, is that Shai Smith is a six round pick. He's going to drop balls. Right. Baker Mayfield, we traded for him. He's the number one overall pick in the draft at one point. He's the one that's supposed to, he has not been good. He's just not been good. And I don't care what you say about DJ and a separate people like, oh, DJ's always a slack route runner. DJ's all, they say all this crap about this. You know what? I don't even care. Don't even care. Ben McAdoo's offense has been basic as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I don't even need it to be complicated. Fuck that. I don't need it complicated. Christian McCaffrey's the answer, homie. He's the answer, and you haven't used him. And you've, like, put Baker in this weird no excuses for Baker. He's been terrible. Baker and McAdoo. That's it. That's it. And I don't care. I mean, like, look, until they get better, who gives a shit? Let's go to the next call. Hey, 
You know who the fuck this isn't. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka! Impersonation? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I got a lot to say. This is white chocolate. Man, we need to trade I JT Horn. Yeah. You know, man, it doesn't matter that he's 22 years it's old. It's not. It's not, Jason. It's not. It doesn't matter that he hasn't Somebody given else. up any yards this season. It doesn't matter that him and Derek Brown basically reversed roles this past Sunday. <clears throat> On that one play, yes. Man, <laughs> fuck this guy. We got to get rid of him. Why? I'm I got to hear all you guys out. He's call me out. Sarcastic. Oh, okay, I was about to say. <laughs> he's, Let's joking call me on, he's joking on. He's joking on homeboy. Especially oh, okay. you, Tony. Calling you out for fast forwarding that call a couple weeks ago. We all caught you. <laughs> and Sea Dog. Sea Dog, I love you, bro. <laughs> Can't wait to see you this weekend. My house or yours. Because obviously we get together. You know what I mean. Love you, bro. Keep pounding. <laughs> Fuck that rule, man. Oh, my God. Okay, Yo, bro, that shit was fire, that shit bro. Actually, like, like actually, swear on my life, that like, shit was fire. Keep the shit up, bro. Like, yeah, keep that up. My favorite, big- my favorite types of calls are intercaller beefs, intercaller impersonations, intercaller support and love. Uh, that was not G Baby. That was a G Baby impersonator, and uh, he was uh, obviously listening to the show because he knows I did fast forward. I tried. The guys in the background were like, "How many calls we gotta go?" And I tried to secretly tune up the speed <laughs> on the calls, and I got caught right away. There, somebody said, "Why are you sound like a chipmunk?" I didn't know it sounded that much like it. You know, that's how I listen to my podcast, and a lot of people say they listen to our podcast like that. Numbers 252-228-5098. We're rocking and rolling almost through with these calls. Yo, what's good, C3? It's JD864. Hey, I just wanted to call in, uh, get my thoughts on this past game and what I expect to see out of this team um, this upcoming Sunday. I know a lot of people are going to be speaking on Baker's performance, and you can't make any uh, excuses for it, right? There's no defending. Dudes not look good in, in two games. It's been terrible. I feel like uh, this past Sunday's game was a hell of a lot worse than the one against the Giants because at least you could say in in a Giants game you had receivers dropping balls and shit. But in this game, dude was off. But I watched Aaron Duncan's film breakdown, and I want to tell people that it's not purely on Baker. Um, There are opportunities, there are moments where receivers will get open and Baker had pressure on them. There are times in which Baker just outright missed guys that were open. Like you had the two passes to DJ. Um, one would have been a huge game. The other one, it would, if it's put on, put right into D, DJ's bread basket, you're talking about a one-on-one matchup against the safety. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take DJ to, to do something. Yeah. Uh, take his ankles, walk into the end zone. So stuff like that, you, yeah, you gotta put that on Baker. But all around, it's, 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 it's on the offense as a whole. They have to get better. Um, even with that, we got the win. So that's something that people should be celebrating. I feel like I've seen a lot of negativity. Even after the win, it's like, damn, like we won and people still ain't happy about it. But I understand. Like I said, offense does need to play better, and I expect them to play better. So, uh, 
yeah, this upcoming Sunday, I, I expect Ben to lean more on the run game and not just with CMC. Get Foreman more touches. Get shit. Hand it off to Chanel. I still don't trust Cuba, but we, we need to lean on the run game. As far as the passing game, um, it has to be like underneath shit. Quick routes. A uh, good example of what I want to see is that, that, that third down conversion where Baker hits Chanel and he goes for like 20 yards. Like, do more stuff like that. Get the ball in DJ's hand. Get the ball in CMC's hand. At the same time, spread it around. I think this upcoming Sunday, Panthers offense is going to be able to put it together. And we'll be talking about a potential winning win streak starting up. But Jade, what's your guys' opinion on it? JD, you're in paradise. You're the most optimistic person in the world. As always. Uh, Look, is you're right, but I'm not giving Baker any excuses at this point. I don't want to hear even that. Like, if we could go and look at every play and we can find some reason somebody should get an excuse, right? Right. Well, and the he started of, the call out like that. He said he wouldn't. No more excuses for him. Yeah, yeah. It's, but he's like, hey, if you look at these plays, it's not all on Baker. It's not all on Baker. But here's the thing: I just need Baker to make the plays that he's supposed to make right. when he can make them. Mm-hmm. I don't ask him to make a play when he's getting smashed by. A defensive end, you know what I'm saying? Like those things, or when when somebody drops it, that's not what. Look, those things happen. That becomes on them. The ones the prob- that are on him, you need him to make. Yeah, and he's just yeah. not been, even been good at those. Um, so look, is that like he's got no, um, no pass for me? Like Baker's got to earn a lot for me going forward. And uh, JD always the optimist, though. In so many cases, the numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We only got three calls left, Greg. Knock them out. Good evening, C three family. Uh, this is Panther Willie calling in from Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome to the show, bro. I just want to say uh, keep up the good work. Appreciate all the time that y'all put in uh, to making this podcast happen. I'm a truck driver, so I really appreciate listening to it. And I like the long format that y'all got going on. And Thank you, brother. That means a lot. lot reflect on our Carolina Panthers. Uh, got a for you. Uh, well, really a statement. I think we need to give uh, Baker Mayfield and Rule just a little more time to get things together. I, I guess the bigger question is, is what do we need to do to get Ben McAdoo to, to change his play calling up a little bit and – to do some routes underneath and just scheme some things where we can get these wide receivers with a little bit of open space. I mean, um, they're pretty much blanketed the whole time. Uh, Baker missed a few throws, but we've got to do better at scheming these wide receivers open. Like, there's no excuse for it. DJ Moore is one of the best receivers in the league, but doesn't seem to get open all that often, and I just can't figure out why that is. And then I look at Jacksonville Jaguars offense from last year, and I see it's probably got a lot to do with Ben McAdoo and the schemes and plays that he runs. Well, he was just a quarterback coach then. He was just a quarterback. Keep up the good work. Everybody subscribe, like, and uh, support our our boys at C3 so they can keep on doing this great work. Good enough to keep Hey, I I do want to say, now that in the last few weeks I've just noticed, like, Winston-Salem, Kernersville, Greensboro, Walnut Cove. Check it out, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and say it one one week this year. I'm right here in Walnut Cove. For all these callers calling in this area, 
I'm going to plan to meet up somewhere like in the center of like Winston-Salem and have a C3 Panthers get together to watch the game. Yeah. If everybody's interested because we've had a lot of callers from my area calling. And if y'all are interested, let's plan that. Get up one day, maybe on the Thursday night game or something like that. Get up and, and we'll watch the game together because that would be really, really fun. I what I lo- first I love anybody who celebrates our long form content because no matter how much we try to change it, it just gets longer. So I love that that automatically gets a love p- applause for me. Um, the one thing I will point out about this is that uh, Ben McAdoo was not with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, was not with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, but he was the year before as a quarterback coach um, with my man Gardner Minshew. But I do agree with you. This 100 is I think this is like it's can't really p- replace Baker Mayfield that easily at this moment. You know what I'm saying? He is the guy that you got. Um, But McAdoo, his offense needs to change. Like uh, dr- dramatically, you know, and the problem is, is you can't just like get rid of McAdoo because we won't really have an offensive mind. I don't think in the coaching staff that can step into that role. So I don't not fire. He needs to adjust and he's got Baker Mayfield to work with. He's got these players to work with and he needs to, and this is where I think the greatest coaches I hate, I hate when they talk about, well, they're, you know, it's our scheme, this and that is, I think you look at the players you got, what you have to work with and you try to maximize the most out of those players. And right now McAdoo has not maximized any of that with any of our offensive players, he's the number one enemy on me. In fact, I would say he's the number one problem for me. He's public enemy number one, Baker Mayfield, public enemy 1A, and that's it. Next call. How's it going, guys? My name is Jay. Uh, after a time calling in, I don't know if you recognize me or not. But Welcome, Welcome back, Jay. So I, I remember you. I feel like we're in a weird spot right now because um, – I do think this roster is good enough to go to the playoffs, especially in a really weak NFC like we have right now. I mean, to be honest with you, with the way the Buccaneers and Saints are looking, the division might even be up for grabs. Yes. And I think this roster does have a lot of talent. Uh, I think you know, I like DJ Moore. I like C-Mac. I like Robbie Anderson. like Baker Mayfield. like a lot of these guys. The thing that I worry about is what if – we do end up in the playoffs and then we got to stick with Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo for longer because that's that's who I think the the, the I think Bears that's what Anthony Piccadillo is or Piccadillo and, is um, worried about to be honest with you I wonder if a playoff first if it's possible you know imagine 10 and 7 and and I mean imagine if it was 10 and 7 and you actually won the division right if such a thing is possible what is that do as far as extending not so much McAdoo but more rule is that is that a bad thing and I think it's a terrible thing I don't think he's a very good coach I like to see somebody like Kellen Moore replace him or something like that but um you know maybe somebody a little bit more experienced I don't know Kellen Moore seems like an offensive whiz but I'm also you know rocking Idaho so maybe I'm just liking him from a Boise State perspective at any rate point is I'm worried about it um, and it sucks because I obviously just want to root for the team. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Love the podcast. I think the division a, is 100. Thank you. Great call. Um, 
That is a great call. Welcome back to the show. I do think the division's up for grabs right now. Is this like nobody's pulling ahead? Nobody looks dominant. The Bucks are injured. We beat the Saints. The Falcons are meh. We're meh. We're worse than meh. You know what I'm saying? Like, so at the end of the day, this division is winnable in so right. many ways. I think if you make the playoffs after this start, I do think you kind of bring back Matt Rule. Yeah. I mean, if you kind of salvage this season, you bring that back. And Greg, let's just turn to the last part of the call. Uh, Dallas, they've been cooking with that uh, rush. rush. Yeah, yeah, man. That's like he's a good. How about that? Decent quarterback. He he he's what we need Baker Mayfield to be. Two hundred fifty passing yards, touchdown, no turnovers. He, but he's exactly what we need Baker to be. Something to be said about that offensive coordinator knowing to, what to do with his guys. In fact, the offense looked worse when they had Dak. I was going to say the offense seems to be responding more to Cooper Rush than they were Dak, and I don't know if that's just Dak. You know, he only played three quarters of the first game against a really good defense. So, I mean, it's hard to judge. Uh, but I will say, you know, um, Big Jordan in the chat is talking about that we'll see that the chat, that the division's not 100% open. I agree it's not 100% open, but there is definitely somebody else in the Who owns it then? There's a path. The, the Bucks do. The Bucks are playing bad right now because they're hurt. They, they have no wide receivers. Think about it. Godwin, Evans, and Julio Jones are all gone. Okay, so, so hey, how about this? Is Godwin and Julio Jones will be hurt all year? Probably. Now, I do think that they are not, even when they get those player back, players back, I do think they're still not far and beyond better than every other team in this division. Carolina is the second highest scoring team in this division with this putrid offense we have. So and we're and we're number two in the division. Which is insanity. I don't it even know insanity. how that's yeah. possible. I really so, don't know. So how that's possible. we have a path to the division. I don't think we win the division. I think Tampa Bay, once they get healthy, they still take the division. But we do have a chance of coming in second in the division. And if it ends up being 10 wins, which I still don't see possible, but there's a path to it, then, yeah, we could get a wild card because I feel like New Orleans and Atlanta are cooked. Even though I feel like they could beat us at any point in time when we play them because we are not that great either. I, I feel like there is a path for us to to being one of the top teams. In this We're not out of it yet, but right. but like I mean, we all thought it was going to be the Bucks and everybody else, no matter what. Well, Madison uh, and now the, the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Well, the Saints so. also look more vulnerable than we expected them to be. Most people mm-hmm. did too. So, all right, last call of the night. Hey guys, it's the growl that makes him howl, aka Joey the Blind Panther. I um, had a great time watching that game. It was actually kind of boring. Yeah. The offense was, uh, I mean, at least they recognized that, hey, Christian McCaffrey's on our team. I heard he's really good at football. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. And uh, you know who else is really good at football? LaVisca Chenault. You know who else is real good at football? J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, Frankie Louvu, a lot of guys on our defense. But uh, my issue is we play zone way too much. Yes. I mean, even when we should be playing man, like we were playing zone the whole game. Yes. And and like third down, they would convert on third down because. We were playing zone. And you can when run, you play yes. zone, you leave holes. Yes. A lot of holes, especially when your players were drafted to play man-to-man situations, you leave holes. And guess mm-hmm. what? 
when the Saints, when they had, we had, uh, when the Saints had third down, guess what they did? They threw to Chris Olave and broke back, broke ankle, Jameis Winston. Yeah, he threw interceptions, but you know what else he did? He threw bazookas. I mean, he He's got a threw, cannon, man. He's a great passer. Like, he had a wide, wide open uh, Traquan Smith. And I forgot what yard line he was on, but I think he was on like close to midfield. He threw the R5 yard line. Okay? When you're not playing man-to-man, when you're leaving holes, okay, that's how they get you. I don't know why I'm saying that, because y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Y'all are not dumb, unlike Matt Rule. But that's that was my issue with the defense, is that I was sitting there on the beach, actually, and uh, I was sitting there saying, why are we playing zone in right. this situation when the Saints keep gashing us? You figure after you get gassed, like one two times, maybe three times, you would play different on defense. No, not us. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. All right. That's the cat calls for the night. Uh, you can be a part of the show every Tuesday night by calling in at 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the chat. Uh, do us a favor, share the show, be a friend, tell a friend, that type of thing. Greg, let's hit up with the picks. We got uh, us two. We'll get the picks from the other guys on the back end right now. Browns at Falcons. I'm going to take the Browns. Even though I think the Falcons are a team that's kind of like a trap, a trap team every week. I think the Browns in the running game, even though Miles Garrett is dealing with the shoulder, a strained shoulder. I think there's just too much talent there. The Browns get two in a row. Give me the Browns. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. The Falcons are going to Falcon. I believe the Falcons will probably dominate most of this game, and they'll probably still end up losing. So I'm going to take the Browns over the Falcons as well. Uh, next goes to our team, the Carolina Panthers, hosting the Cardinals. And uh, I said I wouldn't pick the Panthers again until they won, and they won, Greg. I don't love this pick. I don't love it. I think Kyler Murray and that offense c- could shred us potentially. But I think they have more vulnerabilities than we do, and I think it's time the law of averages catch up and Baker Mayfield and this offense finally has a decent to good game. Give me the Carolina Panthers at home at a 4 of 5 start. I'm right there with you. I was saying the same thing. I'm not going to pick Carolina until they win. They won, so I'm going to stay true to that uh, format there. And Baker Mayfield's had an interesting time being in Carolina, one with being against Cleveland in week one, um, and then now he's going against uh, what Daniel Jones came in the same draft as him, didn't he? No, it was after him. Uh, was, as who? Uh, as, Murray? As, as Baker Mayfield. Well, that was later, actually. No, he's um, a year after, I think. But the Sam Darnold being the same draft, dealing with that. And now he's going against Kyler Murray, who he played with in college. He actually beat out oh, for yeah. that spot in college. So it's going to be got beat out. Yeah, I think Carolina owns Arizona, to be truly honest with you. I don't know why we have their number, so I'm just Carolina over Arizona this week. Um, It looks like the Saints have a bye if um. Not mistaken. I don't see them. Oh, no. Vikings at Saints. Ooh. Oh, it's in London. 9.30 a.m. I don't know what to think about the Vikings, to be honest. But I'm going to tell you this. is I'm not impressed. I think the Saints might be overrated. Mm -hmm. Or are overrated. Maybe their defense finally slowed down. 
even though we didn't do anything, how am I saying their defense slowed down and we did absolutely nothing against them? And we still won. Know. I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, I'm the same way. Uh, Vikings had a big win last week. They're trying to prove a lot to a lot of teams right now. A lot of people have them as one of the stronger teams in the NFC, maybe making the NFC uh, championship game. So uh, I'm going to ride with that because they have a very strong team. I think Jefferson bounces back this week and the Vikings. And finally, the Chiefs on the road, 8.20 p.m. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs upset by the Colts. Trap game, fell asleep. Buccaneers continue to deal with injury. I'm on the Chiefs bandwagon here. I think they're just fine. I have question marks about the Buccaneers. And I don't know. I know you don't want to bet against Tom Brady and him falling off a cliff. But can he do it by himself? Leonard Fournette. Been rushing the ball pretty well, though. But Patrick Mahomes right now, give me the Chiefs, man, on the road. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. We're 4-4 four for four this week. Uh, Chiefs, there's chinks in every armor, and last week they just got exposed. Uh, I think every team has a bad week. You never see a team go undefeated anymore, so I don't expect that from any team. And the Bucks, man, while Tom Brady is the GOAT, even though I don't like the guy, he's the GOAT, and he's going through the LeBron James thing right now where he's a great player, but he can't carry a team anymore by himself to a title. All right. Fantastic stuff. We'll get the picks from the other guys in in no time. Uh, Cody's going to be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, CK is internet crapped out on him, but thank God we got the four horsemen here. We can carry it uh, even when two guys can't make it. We're playing injured, but we're still playing great. Greg, final segment of the show, we go to the ice up picks where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Yep. Ice up, son. Ice up. All right. This is the point of the show where everyone is fair game, where anybody can get iced up. We didn't mention this. Oh, Greg, I did not. One thing. We're going to ice ourselves up here. How's the hurricane and the weather going to factor into this Carolina game? And it has to help the Carolina Panthers. You would think against Kyler Murray, who would need to throw the ball if we're getting rain and stuff. Is there any risk that this game could be disrupted because of this hurricane? I'm not following the situation enough. There were people talking about that in chat, uh, if the rain's going to affect it. I don't think the hurricane's going to cause problems where it stops the game, but it could be rainy conditions. I think by the time it gets up up to here, because it's coming from the Gulf, so or from Florida in that area. Yeah. So by the time it gets up to here, it's going to be settled down a little bit. We'll have some bad storms, but I don't think it'll maybe pass through, get the backside of it at that point. That has to help Carolina if the passing game hurts. Yeah, yeah, definitely because yeah, they're not a good running team, and we're not uh, a great passing team at this point. Mm -hmm. Take away their greatest weapon with. I guess uh, the weather would be fine any way you can get it. Um, I got one for for us if you're ready. Yeah, good. All right. So, um, you know, I don't usually go hard on David Portnoy. I kind of, he makes me laugh. I like his gritty. I'm trying to figure out if this take right here, though, is satire. I don't think it is necessarily, um, but he's getting the ice up for this right here, and I'll tell you why can't hear it you can't hear it mm-hmm. uh-oh uh-oh how am i um oh you get ready for your echo mute me oh hold on how am i gonna do this shoot 
Because I can't send it. Mm. Did you share your audio whenever you shared it? Yeah, but I have this new setup. Um, all right. Here, you go first. Okay. And then can I send you this and you play it? Yeah, yeah, to send it to me. I'll go through right. my two and then I'll play yours. I got right. uh, two right here. I'll make up for you know some of the guys not being here tonight. So um, I, uh, you know, I like to watch a lot of games and, and watching this um, Buffalo-Miami game of the day, I just want to go over these stats. And I got to ice up Buffalo, man. You had 495 total yards to 212. 380 passing yards to 171. 115 rushing to 41, okay? 31 first downs, Okay. 8 of 11 third down efficiency. If I told you this at all, you know, before the game started, you would think they blew him out of the water, right? Time possession, 40 minutes and 40 seconds to 19 minutes and 20 seconds. And they lost this game, 19 to 21. What an amazing way to lose a game. This is a Panthers way to lose this game. And fittingly so, they're basically the Panthers North. So they 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 showed some homage to us, and it was a Panthers... Um, Lost this week with Buffalo, but I do got to put in this one little part right here. Let me see. I don't know if you saw uh, saw uh, the Ken Dorsey go crazy after this. Oh lawsuit. yeah, this, this is. is I think I like play. him more after this. Yeah, this is after the last play of the game, and then they realized that they had that feed on live TV, <laughs> and they had to cut it off. Oh my god, but he is going absolutely. It's because nuts. Josh Allen fumbled the snap, and then <laughs> they were trying to. St- Spike it, and then he threw it, and game over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, ice up to the Buffalo Bills. And then uh, my second one here, this one I thought was really funny. Um, look, people do whatever you want to on your phones, but just be aware of where you're at in your situation. This was at the uh, LSU game uh, the other day. This was a, a video that went viral, or this uh, thing went viral. So, let's see. So, this, this girl is uh, – just pay attention to what's on this guy's phone. Filming this. Is <laughs> so he watching again. porn? Basically. I don't know. I don't He's know what just watching uh, like Insta. Uh, I, I, don't ha- I don't have Instagram. Only so fans. I can, I can watch it one time. <laughs> yeah, just a big folks, fat booty. Be yeah. aware of where you are, okay? If you're in the middle of a game like that, my man's on his iPad looking at it. It's so big. <laughs> like he got it landscape, everything. Yeah. But I saw that and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I got to share that. So did you Love send it. me that? Um, I put it in the private chat. If you have a problem getting it, let me know. All right, let's see. I should be able to. So um, right now, this hurricane is coming. Look, David Portnoy is the uh, the owner of Barstool Sports. Controversial figure. But generally, I kind of am okay with his controversy. And again, I don't know if this is satire. If this is, if he's, I don't think he's joking here, though. Um, he is in Miami and he is. Dealing with this hurricane. Greg, go ahead and cue it up if we can. Yep, here's the sound coming to you on this one. Let's do it. Can you hear it? No, I can't. Oh, well, hold on. I might have something wrong. Hang on. Let me uh, try it one more time. Let's see. Share, share screen, share audio, system audio. There we go. Let's try this. Listen, real quick. Real quick. I got to fucking move to Florida in hurricane season so I don't have to pay my fucking taxes because I'm making too much. The phone just fucking broke. It's apple season picking up north, and I'm in a fucking tornado slash hurricane with the water probably coming up, evacuation mode. I don't want to complain about rich people. 
arena. But what are we going to do when the rich people have to leave too fast? I should be picking apples. And instead, I'm in the hurricane season. Oh. Why? Because I oh, got to save a couple hundred mil on taxes. It ain't right. Listen. Uh so I don't know. I don't know if he's be. If I mean, he's. There's a good chance he's being sarcastic here. I don't know if he is. Is this? Is that? Like I, the one thing I don't understand about this whole thing is that even if you have to move to Miami to save on your income taxes, you don't have to stay during the hurricane, Dick. Right. <laughs> like I mean, that's right. not like part of. You just have to move your residence. Like you could go on a trip to like. Texas or California or France. Yeah, you just you save could, millions by moving to Miami, right? I mean, but just but, move yeah. to Miami and when the hurricane comes, just go somewhere else, dick. So <laughs> I think he I think it's satire. I think it's sarcasm, maybe. But you know what is this? Is that this shows you the internet is like self seeking no matter what? Is like mm -hmm. even a hurricane where people who are not rich and are gonna get displaced and lose a ton of money you're thinking about yourself and making fun of shit and trying to get attention. So David Portnoy, who I usually don't really get upset with on his shit, uh, ice up. Ice up. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We're down two men tonight, but we still came strong because you guys are here in the chat room. Y'all are calling in on the cat calls line. Y'all are smashing the thumbs up button and you're supporting our sponsors, Manscaped with the promo code Panthers, Prize Picks with the promo code C3. Consider becoming a C3 super fan and my favorite fan, Greg. How can they get after you? Oh, man. You can check me out at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter is my personal handle or check out my other show at uh, Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. Uh, we go live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Times on YouTube. We're talking about House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, Andor, Lower Deck, She-Hulk, all the good stuff that's out there right now. We're covering it. So come check us out. It's a fun time. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment, share it, whatever you want to do. Be back on Friday for the free-for-all. Cody and I will try to be getting some content out tomorrow, depending on his situation but also post-game show Sunday. It's going to be a little yeah. later this time, but we'll be having fun in the evening time. Be there or be there. Yeah, Let's get the hell out of here. the audio afterwards. Yeah, yeah share it yeah. with friends. Yeah, there you go. Let's get out of here. See you guys <laughs> you later. Go. Oh. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.